peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey chow. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. Good morning, folks. All right. Um, needed to buy myself a little bit extra time this morning. So good morning. And how is everyone? Happy Thursday. Uh, the month is starting to wind down, less than a week left. And then we get into September, which as you know, September is the height of the hurricane season. Uh, so far, it has been relatively uneventful, which I think is truly amazing. And um, I guess we're thankful for that. 
you know, nobody's complaining. <laughs> so we continue. I know that um, our, our in-house weatherman, Kevin Watler, has been watching a system that he's keeping an eye on, and he's going to tell us if that develops into anything that should be of concern for us. But for right now, it uh, is all quiet. Everything is a bit far away. Nothing major developing, and we are ever so grateful. So good morning, one, and good morning, all. Um, let me just grab my phone and send out a reminder to everyone. So just a quick reminder, we've got a WhatsApp news group. We have uh, everybody watching us on Facebook, YouTube, and of course, those of you who are listening on Bobo 89.1 FM. Thank you for waking up every morning with us and making us K-Man's number one talk show. Fun fact, did you know that CMR and the Cold Hard Truth was actually the number one talk show before we were even on radio, which to me is kind of crazy, but yes, we were. <laughs> so. Last year, Tower Marketing uh, did their uh, consumer survey report, and in their consumer consumer survey report, they included CMR in the talk show lineup. And lo and behold, we came in tops. So we beat out all the other talk shows on island. And the most interesting thing about it, which I thought, oh, so we beat them out, and we don't even have a radio audience yet. Of course, we changed that in March of this year. But also, the uh, most interesting thing about it all is that, um, you know, it's, it's just super interesting to see the demographics of who listens to CMR. So we got a lot of female listeners, mm. but one of the most interesting, interesting things is that I think, and you know, I'll be interested to know next year how this theory of mine pans out, but I do believe that the, the numbers are going to change with male to female. So I think now because we're in traditional radio, we're going to pick up a lot more men. But yes, I mean, women outnumber men on this island in any event. Um, but it's just interesting that we do have a very, very strong uh, female audience following us. So yeah, there you go. So the town marketing report, we, we need to go through some of that. You know, earlier in the week, I got a call from a young Caymanian who is in um, sort of multimedia space. And he was sharing some of his concerns with um, everything from trying to get government to understand the changing face of how things are done, how campaigns are run, how, you know, mar marketing different events. And he says, you know, it's just a challenge for him because he's not the traditional um, expat person who can come and get a government contract because he's a young Caymanian, different and fresh ideas. They kind of put him on the back burner and don't really pay him any mind. And they're, they're more than happy to pay people and give people all these contracts um, just because they're from a, from a foreign, as they say, uh, which is really sad and unfortunate. So he's going to be joining us uh, for the conversation about the changing face of media. We're still going to have that conversation. I know I've been talking about it for a minute. One of the biggest difficulties is trying to get people who are willing to have the conversation. <laughs> I don't know why media should be uh, you know, shrouded in such secrecy. There's really nothing that's secret in this world, right? But nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about the changing face of media and it has changed a lot. So we reached out to our other media, like news partners, and uh, they're all like, uh, radio silence. Um, I think April, you know, is a little bit more because April is very, I, I love April, her brain. Like I, if I could just take her brain, I would, because she is just so smart and so on the ball. So, you know, she's she was interested, but of course she is super busy um, over there at Radio Cayman. And because she does work for government, 
it's something that she'd have to get clearance um, from to sort of do, but she, you know, has her own sort of um, top platform and stuff as well that she focuses a lot on education. Uh, Wendy, I don't know, Wendy kind of just doesn't have time as well, uh, running, trying to run a one, one and a half woman show. And um, I'm not sure that she quite gets the technology a lot of times. So it's difficult to get her on board to like do a show. You know, it's like, hey, we got we got thousands of people listening in the morning. Why wouldn't she want to jump on and talk about these? You know, they're like, no, 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 I'm too busy writing a story. Uh, you know, it, it's important to, um, for a lot of different reasons, to see trends and to talk about trends. And not everybody gets it, folks. So I'm listen, I'm, I'm here rowing my little boat. Row, row, row your boat. Yeah, that's me. Um, so I'm rowing my boat and just keeping things moving. Good morning, Miss Vernita. Diamond Princess is here. Good morning to Vicky. So not everybody understands the vision, folks. I tell you that a lot of times in life, you may be the only one who is in the moment understanding the vision and you just have to keep going. You know, don't let anybody sidetrack you because they don't understand the vision. Once you understand it, you're the vision maker and um, the person who's gonna execute the vision, then you do what you gotta do. Eventually people come around, they might not always fully understand it, but eventually at some point they will acknowledge uh, your successes in some way, even if it's just to criticize you, because that is, that is an acknowledgement, because you know you've not truly arrived until people put a target on your back. Uh-huh. So um, it, it's interesting. I think it was last week I was telling you guys about the acupuncturist. And when I went to him for the first time, the guy in, in Florida, how he was telling me about this movie with um, Patch Williams, I think is what it's called or something. But anyway, um, he was telling me about this movie, Robin, um, is it Robin Williams? And he said uh, to me, you know, you're going to find that a lot of times in life, you're about 10 10 years ahead on certain ideas and thought processes and maybe the average person, but you can't let anybody's inability to see what you're saying or to understand what you're saying to dissuade you from it being, um, you know, something that you should continue to say. And so, you know, everything has its time, I suppose. And messages in a way also have their time. And when uh, people, you know, are unable to, to share in that vision, then it does not mean that you should, you should, you know, abandon the vision, basically was what he was saying to me. And I completely agree. So good morning to the beautiful Vicky who's joining us. We've got Marshall joining us as well. Melita, Felicia, Richard says uh, good morning from Celine and I. Um, Richard, have you been using your streaming box? How's it going? I never hear you mention anything about it. So I'm not sure if you actually use it or not. Uh, Vernita's here. Vernita loves her TV child. She's got it locked. Wee oui, wee, oui, so good to see you. Aliano. Vernita is also joining us. Good morning. How are you? Miss Morna is here. Marshall says, with or without them, the show must go on or the show will go on. Absolutely. And, um, but you know, it's I, I try to invite people in on the discussion to get their perspective. I think sometimes they don't want you to know. Um, you keep people in the dark about certain things, and they just don't want you to know, right? Like, who who wants to talk about the fact that Tower Marketing actually spends uh, 
I'm putting on my little face lotion this morning. Remember I told you guys these capsules last a while. So who wants to talk about the fact that Tower Marketing is doing this annual consumer survey, which by the way, big shout out to Tower Marketing because it is a very detailed survey and they ask a lot of questions. They're looking at everything from newspapers to what your TV watching habits are, how much time you're spending on the internet, all sorts of stuff. So if I run a business, I would be very, very interested in that information because that information speaks volumes. If I'm trying to know who to target for certain things and what mediums to use to target those individuals, that report has significance. So that's why, um, you know, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Whether anybody else wants to talk about it or not, we are going to talk about it. I think what ends up happening is there's a lot of people in the space of media. So we got a lot of radio stations. We have a lot of, um, well, only a couple of newspapers now. But, you know, the bottom line really is everybody wants to walk around claiming that they're number one. And they tell you this all the time with zero proof or evidence. I have seen people, and I've chuckled at this, say to me, well, the reason why we use the compass as here's a perfect example, right? Of where people just lie in the world of advertising and marketing. They say the reason why we use the compass is because they tell us that, you know, they're reaching millions of people um, on social media and blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, really? This is Miss Universe, Cayman Islands. Oh, this is why we use the compass. I said, oh, okay. And I said, well, have you ever asked them to show you that information? Show you the, the reach that they're talking about? And then the, the person who's telling me this, who's making the decisions on behalf of Miss Cayman Islands Universe on who they're going to use as a media partner, they're just like, uh, no. And I said, well, why not? If someone tells you something like that, the beauty of a lot of this stuff is it is readily available online. Facebook is amazing for the amount of information they will tell you about the patterns of people who use you know, their, their sex, their age, their everything. It even allows you to compare against your competitors. So when the compass made that statement, their salesperson said that to the Miss Cayman Universe people, I said, mm, but according to Facebook, <laughs> you know, we have 340% more engagement than them. So how are they claiming that? Like, I'm a little bit confused. And of course, the person I'm talking to has no clue. Because once again, we put people in positions to make certain decisions and they themselves don't know technology they don't know the world of marketing. They don't even know Facebook. They don't know social media. They know none of this stuff, but yet they're making decisions and they're allowing people to sit in front of them and tell them a bit of information and they don't even question it. They don't even say, well, what proof do you have of that? Because everybody else looking from the outside in can see that for the past five, six years, the compass has been slipping a lot. So if they claim that they're in the number one slot, Mm, what evidence do we have of that? They're not in the number one slot on social media, not by a stretch. So when they say that to you, you question it, right? But thankfully for them, I guess, they have what's called legacy on their side. So simply because they've been around for 45 years, there are those of you who will spend, you know, thousands of dollars every single month, <laughs> with them and see zero results and don't question it and continue to spend the money. 
You see, that's why they don't want to have the conversation. Because when I bring the conversation to the people, I'm going to be like, here's the facts. Let's look at this graph. Let's look at this information, right? Let's look at what Facebook has told us is actually going on as opposed to what they're telling you as part of a sales pitch. Anybody can walk through your door and tell you that they're number one, but don't believe them. Challenge them and say, "Why? Are you, how are you number one? Why are you number one? And do you have anything to prove that you're number one? And that's a whole different thing, but nobody wants to have this conversation. Because when you put people to the test, then the cold hard truth starts to merge. So um, good morning to KK. She says they'll come in when it's getting hot. <laughs> good morning to Miss Joy. Luis is here. Good morning to um, Sarah. So good to see you. Uh, Kevin, this is pleasant. Good morning. Good morning, Kevin. We've got Evangelist Olafimi. How was your birthday, my dear? I hope you enjoyed it. Ms. Vernita says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and all those that judge you shall be condemned. Hmm. Little biblical verse this morning for us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Ms. Ervalyn, still enjoying. Girl, are you ever returning from the UK? It's okay. You don't want to come back. What is going on over there? Heat wave and all, and you're still stuck in the UK. <laughs> Now, that is a proper vacation, I must tell you. Um, I love it. Uh, yes, enjoy your life, my dear. Life is short. We're here, and then in the blink of an eye, um, we are gone. Oh, I've got my people messaging me saying, hello, Miss Sandy. You have not sent us the show link on the WhatsApp group. My apologies. I got it ready. Let me send it out. I just forgot to do it. So, um, Yes. They're like, Miss, Miss Sandy, we're here waiting. Now they know we go live, but they're still like, you send us the link. <laughs> so give me one second. I am sending it right now. So yeah, there's a lot that happens uh, behind the scenes for running a news platform. It's not really quite as, um, as simple as people think. And um, there's a lot of stories that sometimes we are working on and uh you know, trying to get information. Oh, and let me tell you something. Trying to get information can be a very challenging situation, especially when you need accuracy and you need people to be willing to talk because, you know, at the end of the day, um, there are times when Things can be really, really sensitive. And we live in a community where people often want to hide uh, things. Everything from abuse to drugs to all sorts of stuff. So it's very, very, very important. So Lance is in the house. Hey, Lance Jefferson. He says, digital has changed the marketing industry through the transparency of analytical reporting. But you know, Lance, unfortunately, um, a lot of the consumers and the actual clients don't know that. And so they're still in this old school mode where uh, they are relying on a sales pitch <laughs> to convince them one way or the other and no sales pitch with any real analytical data, as you rightfully said, to back it up. Lance, I don't know if you've been watching, Facebook has been making some changes with Facebook pages and they've introduced a new page uh, system and platform. It's still being rolled out to some extent. 
And so um, once you switch over to this new page, they have actually removed, it seems like I can no longer find it, the ability to compare this, this comparison I was talking about earlier in Facebook, um, compare yourself to your competitors in the Facebook and the social media space. And so that was such a useful tool to have right on Facebook. But thankfully, Facebook is not the only source to provide that information. There are back-end tools that can actually extract that data and still do a comparative analysis between you and different other pages that are in the same space or any page that you want, actually, and give you the engagement rate so that you can look at, okay, you know, what posts get the most engagement and so on. Um, and it's, it is very, very useful information. Listen, the world of advertising has rightfully changed. The world of marketing, promotions, everything has changed. And people have less money to spend. And you want to spend your money as wisely as you can. As, as they say, you want to get value for money, the bang for your buck. And so one of the things that you've got to really be cognizant of is why are you going to spend your money here versus there? And when it's advertising, the only reason you need to spend money here versus there is results. That's all that matters. And I've seen people get caught up in, oh, you know, CMR can be so controversial or this or that. Or the second my thing went up, people messaged me, oh, my God, I saw your ad in CMR. Let me ask you a question. When you're running your ad in the compass or anything anywhere else, is anybody messaging you about your ad or that they saw you? No. <laughs> so the very fact that they're noticing you now all of a sudden and you've got that exposure, trust me, that's precisely what you want. But there's so many Caymanian businesses that are a bit old school, honey child. And they're still like, oh my God, I don't know, the controversy. I'm like, everybody else in the world comprehends and understands that controversy sells. <laughs> I mean, it's not really rocket science. If people are paying attention to you, you know, we've got videos that can get over a million views. Now, that's not the average. Let's be honest here. That's on the high end. But regardless, people are going to the page. I just saw that on our website, for the first time, we've reached over the 300,000 mark for the past 28 days. So the, the website is still growing. Social media is off the chain, in particular Facebook in terms of users and engagement and that sort of thing. And the beauty of Facebook, again, like I said, and I'm not going to get too deep into this because this is part of the discussion that we want to have for our media consumption show. And it might actually turn out to be a two-part show. But the, the beautiful thing about um, Facebook is they continue to give you, for every single post that you put up, um, the actual insights for that post. So let me give you an example, because I believe in transparency, even when it comes to what it is that we do, right? So here's an example of this. This is Waffle Monkeys. Uh, yesterday was Waffle Day. We put this up. It says 16 hours ago, so not yet 24 hours. Uh, it's already reached over 7,000 people. Over 1,300 people have engaged with the post. So engagement I'm going to enlarge this a little bit so y'all can see it. So engagement is when people do things like comment, like, share it, that sort of thing. It counts as engagement. They interact with the posts. So you've had a post that reached over 7,000 people in 16 hours. 
and over 1,300 people have engaged with it. And there's some that reach a significant amount. So, you know, sometimes um, the average person will look at something and they'll say, well, you know, I don't see people commenting. Well, you don't see people commenting, but believe me, you, um, that doesn't mean that it's not reaching people and that people are not engaging in other ways. So there's another one that we did recently. I'm just going to show you this one. Um, let me see if I can find it. We do post a lot, by the way, but let me see. Um, and I was saying to the client, because they're like, wow, that, that reached a lot of people in just 24 hours. And the more something is up, obviously, the longer it's up, the more people it's going to reach, right? So there was one with, uh, I'm trying to remember which one that was. And, you know, some stories, it just depends oftentimes on, on the nature of the story. Um, here's a Cuban story. So that one reached over 11,000 people, over 1,600 engaged with it. Some will reach an enormous amount of people. Like, it's just crazy what people uh, are into. All right, let's take this one. This was the demolition of the 200-year wall, right? Reached over 21,000 people. You see that? And over 4,900 people engaged with this in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and these are all organic because normally we don't really, we don't have to, we don't promote anything. Um, sometimes we promote stuff for clients. Uh, here's my video with the with the iguana tail, reached over 22,000 people, over 2,800 engaged with that one. Check out my look, remember the turtle? That's how old? Post impressions, over 20,000, reached over 19,000. So it is, uh, it's really Really, really interesting. This one trended well. Came and ranked one of the safest Caribbean destinations. Did y'all read this? Reached almost thirty thousand people. That, that's that's a lot of people when you consider even the population of, of Cayman and what Cayman is, uh, population size and how many people you're potentially reaching. Those are some really, really good numbers. So here's one for total health reached over 10,000 people, post-engagement 233. And, you know, when I have people advertise in their platform and they ask for this information, we have absolutely no problems providing it because I think, again, money is, is what it is. It's hard to come by. Everybody works really hard for their money if you're doing it legitimately. And so at the end of the day, you have a right to ask for that information. So put, put your people to the test. When they tell you things from a sales perspective, say, oh, can I, can I see any of your social media numbers? Because the answer should be sure. Why not? Um, so Lance, yes, we've had to explore those third-party options because Facebook made this change and I was not very pleased about, but it is what it is. Miss Isabel Geiger, good morning. She says, good morning, Sandy. I'd like to let you know how much I enjoy you and... Uh-oh, looking for the rest of that message. Okay. Thank you very much, Ms. Isabel. We appreciate that. Cece's here. Uh, Cece says, I'm done shopping local because imagine three pairs of socks for $10, kiss matite, especially most of the stuff are duty-free. It's crazy. I paid $45 CI for five packs and three pairs of socks, and my best friend paid $30 US for 72 packs of socks in Miami. Well, honey child... Um, the prices in Miami have gone up with a lot of things, but you can't compare, uh, goods and shopping in Miami, 
um, to what you can in Cayman. When you live there and you're just not even making the same money, uh, believe me, you, they, they, the, how far the dollar stretches is probably about the same. So when you consider the salaries for most places in the U.S., all the taxes you have to pay, property tax, um, income tax, some, some states hit you twice with the income tax. Uh, you got to pay insurance. You have to pay, um, what other taxes do you normally pay? Property, uh, income, sales tax on your goods. You know, it all adds up. Um, so how far your money is stretching is a very relative sort of question. And yes, goods on the face of it are definitely cheaper in the U.S. for a lot of different reasons. Population, um, availability, how, how they can ship it uh, relatively cheap. The cost of containers have like quadrupled since Ivan. So a container before that you could get from China to Cayman for three, four hundred dollars, three or five, I wish, three, four thousand dollars is now like over twenty thousand dollars. Well, that, that information is about maybe a month and a half out. So it might have come up or gone down since then. But imagine that containers went from three to four thousand to get get a container from China. This is, you know, routing the container. China to the Cayman Islands, and then it went up to over 20 grand. So even if you're buying goods dirt cheap in China, by the time you get them here and you add on all the freight and the this and that, and plus, yes, you're going to hit by duty as well, there's no way that Cayman will ever be able to compete with those sorts of prices. Now, I don't know where she's buying 72 packs of socks. That must be 72 socks. That can't possibly be 72 packs. Um, but you know, there's certain places that people can go wholesale places and whatever to get things relatively cheap. Now I haven't seen no 72 packs of socks, even Walmart. So I'd like to know, or even Sam's club for that matter. I'd like to know where she's getting 72 packs at that price, because believe me, I go to Sam's club and I buy socks if they have them, um, for my husband. Cause normally they have good, like, uh, socks and undershirts and stuff like that. Those are the types of things that I don't mind getting like at a Walmart or whatever. And um, I've not seen them that cheap. So your friend must have some inside store link that she needs to tell us about. But, you know, we go back to this concept we were talking about on uh, Tuesday when CUC was here about the cost of doing business. It's not cheap to do business anywhere in the world, but it's certainly not cheap to do business here in the Cayman Islands. Now, there are families, or families, I'm reading Bishop's message, and I saw family in it. There are organizations and, and companies, retail companies that don't have a clue how to mark up their goods. And so when I see people, you know, going to like Ross and shopping and getting a dress for like $10, $15, and then they want you to pay $100 for it, you know that those people don't understand business. They don't know how to mark up goods. They don't understand any of that, right? And so we do suffer from a lot of that, especially with mom and pop stores, where they just, they don't use a formula, right? They don't even know what it costs for them to operate and operate their business. So they just look at it and go, oh, well, I just feel like charging $85 for this dress or $95 for this dress. There's no, okay, I'm marking it up 20%. And I've done an analysis across my business because if I mark everything up 20%, that's going to cover duty, this, this, whatever. Because remember, even as a business, when you import stuff, you're paying duty on it as well. And depending how you're shipping it here, it may not be all that cheap. 
Like I see people in business and they're shipping goods in using like UPS and FedEx and stuff. And I'm like, why? You know why? Because they don't understand business and they don't have the money to order like an entire container full of stuff. So they just, you know, trying a thing. Good morning, uh, Bishop. Asking about the weather. He said it's raining cats and dogs in Orlando. Uh, And speaking of rain, there's been some crazy flooding in the U.S., Texas and all over. People are like losing their homes. I saw a poor lady, her car got washed away the other day. Um, She was actually on the phone with her husband when she got washed away and got killed. Because, yes, the weather is just crazy. It goes from one extreme to the next. So certain areas are having massive droughts. So much so that um, dinosaur footprints are showing up in those areas that they hadn't seen forever. They're finding bodies where people accidentally drove into like a lake or bodies of water. And um, because the water is receding in a lot of these lakes, they're now visible from aerial, like people have drones or whatever, and they're seeing cars that were submerged. It's crazy. And then in other areas, the rain has been off the chain. So we do have Minister the Honorable J. E. Banks, who's going to be joining us this morning. So we're going to go ahead and grab him. Lance says, as a business, businesses should place their ads where their eyes are. For example, YouTube, second largest search engine in the world. Um, yes, but I must tell you, if you're like me, I don't like to see YouTube ads. So I subscribe to not see the ads. (laughs) So you'll never really catch me with a YouTube ad. And the second I have the option to skip it, I'm skipping it. Even before I subscribed, um, I opted out of that option. So I think you also have to know, um, you know, to be fair, Lance, your audience, right? So YouTube is a huge player, but how many people in Cayman are really on YouTube? I can tell you even from the perspectives of this show right now, We have over 177 people on Facebook and 90 people on YouTube. We always, Facebook is dominant in the Cayman Islands. So Facebook um, ads for Cayman, for your Cayman audience um, and your Cayman consumers is way more effective than YouTube. It's just, I think it's our aging, you know, population. They're just not all caught up with YouTube quite yet. Lamp says, unfortunately, although the compass has been around for 45 years in the digital world, they're pretty dated on their strategies, hence the lack of their reach and true success online. Well, you know what I found interesting? And like I said, Lamps, this is a conversation for another day because we're actually going to do a show on this. Maybe you should jump on the show. Um, that's really been interesting. Their entire transition, we'll, we'll go into it, has, has been pretty interesting. So uh, T. Nash says, hello, everyone. I'm joining from Zimbabwe. Tracy, who are you being rude to this morning already? (laughs) Tracy says morning from New Zealand and she's telling somebody to shut up, but I don't know who she's talking to. Oh, Tracy, be nice. Good morning to Miss Iva. KK says, I love shopping online. I would never and could never shop here. I'm sorry. Whoever's waiting for my money would be waiting a long time other than supermarkets and Digicel. (laughs) I hear you. Good morning, Lavana. Um, Lavana makes a valid point. She says people also need to take into consideration that they have to buy a ticket hotel really can't compare. And that's true because even if you go away for the weekend, um, you know, you factor in the, the, the car rental, 
the ticket, the um, hotel, eating out meals, because you're not likely going to be cooking that weekend. And then on top of it, you're still going to pay duty depending on what you're bringing in. So fair point. Uh, Darlene says, wish we could have some of that rain. She's not getting it in the UK. Uh, Everton says, global re- global warming is real. Miss um, Isabel finishes. She says, um, and CMR, please keep it up. Thank you so much. Jonathan says, the second coming is near. Well, it's been near from the first coming. <laughs> morning, Brother Tommy. Miss Lucille joining us. She says, a very good morning, Sandy. I do not care if I do something that you... Ha- I, if I do something that you have to shout me out, I love the show. I do not have to make a call home to no one to know what's going on. Uh, I love it. Stay safe. Love you all. Thank you, my love. And Debbie is also here. All right, folks, let's get it. The Honorable J.E. Banks. Uh, first time on the show. So let's give him a really, really big applause. Good morning, uh, Minister Ebanks. How are you? Good morning, Sandy. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, we can hear you loud and clear. All right, all right, great. Good morning, Grand Cayman. Good morning, Cayman Brack, and a special good morning to the people in the north side. Uh, thank you for having me. This is my first time on your show, Sandy. Yes, so I'm hoping that I didn't force you. <laughs> I was saying that I was, um, yes, Minister, I was saying that I hope I didn't force you to get up too early and drive all the way from north side. But um, as my aunt used to say, the early bird gets the worm. So here we are. Well, absolutely. I'm always in the, I'm all usually the first person to the building every morning. So it's, I'm okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yes. Thank you so much. This is your first time. Took you a little while to get here, but uh, love it. Never um, better late than never. So we welcome you with a special um, CMR and cool hard truth. Welcome. So you've been a very, very busy man, uh, minister. You've had a lot going on that falls under your ministry. And so this week in particular, um, you know, you're kind of in the spotlight because of a recent legal decision that has come down that involves the uh, central planning authority. So that just dropped literally a day before yesterday, late in the afternoon. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that as yet. We haven't yet had an opportunity to dissect it uh, here on the program, but just a short version of it, folks. It was really a bit bizarre in a way, but we had um, several government entities suing other government entities, which might be a first, I'm not really sure. But has your team um, had a chance to dissect the decision as yet? Or are you guys still working through that? Well, Sandra, let me just uh, back up a little bit. You know, to start sure. off with, this, it should have never went the direction it went. Uh-huh. Um, you know, technically, this should have actually came to cabinet and made cabinet make this decision and support it. That's where it should have went. We should have never had two government entities at each other. Yeah. Um, sec- the second thing on it is I have my team is actually getting ready to debrief me today on the whole mm-hmm. Matter, so there's not much I can really say on right. it. Okay. All I could really do say is that I um I stand behind the the CPA um and I'll I'll see what decisions they decide to take moving forward and then we'll uh, we'll know from there. Right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, I know these things can be um very very complex, and um it's always best to to get you know proper um a proper legal update and um Absolutely. you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think from my percep- perspective that I wouldn't be surprised um, if the decision is actually challenged. So someone was asking um, what he's minister of. The Honorable J.E. Banks is minister for planning, agriculture, housing and infrastructure. So uh, that's uh, what falls under his responsibility. 
Lance Jefferson sends a special uh, greeting to good morning. Sherry Ann is in the house. Um, good morning, so, Good morning, Lance. Yes. So, Minister, um, there's been quite a bit on the housing front, and I think this is probably where we really want some of the updates um, from you this morning. So give us an update on where we are with some of the housing initiatives that are going to be available to the people that came out. So one of the biggest complaints that I hear day in and day out is the affordability of housing. Um, you know, rent is is higher than it used to be at one point. And a lot of one thing with Caymanians, Caymanians believe in home ownership. That is something that's Absolutely. like a fundamental a for any Caymanian. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me start off with um, housing. Um, housing has been off to a little uh, slower uh, pace than I would have wanted it to be at. Mm -hmm. But um, the reason for that is we understand that infrastructure is always the, the slowest part of it. Building homes are very easy moving forward. It's, it's putting all the electricity, the water, the roads and stuff in is where the time consuming is. Uh, we actually have um, 19 homes that we're getting ready to build right now in Lighthouse and West Bay. We have a, a mapping uh, drawing that has just hit the, the table last week to do 56 in um, Apple Blossom, which is going forward. Mm -hmm. So that should actually be going to planning very shortly to redesign the, the old Black, um, Apple Blossom site. Um, and then we're looking at doing uh, the 50 that we're doing in Northside. The infrastructure actually is moving right now for the north side site. Um, I'm, matter of fact, I think maybe next week, if all colleagues are um, here on island, we probably will be doing a grand opening of the um, up the lighthouse site. Mm -hmm. And then also we're looking at um, sending out maybe an RFP to do on the old Cox site in um, central Georgetown down there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because what we want in that site, we're looking to do maybe 100 homes on that one. So I think what we'll do is we'll put out, we'll send out something at, um, on bonfires, whereas um, we'll try to get one developer to actually design that whole site, one contractor to build that site. And then um, when it comes to the other sites, we'll work with the smaller contractors to continue building the homes. Um, I know we have seven keys that we're actually getting ready to, um, to start to hand over for the, uh, in Bodentown. Mm -hmm. It was just a little issue of having a, a road access to that area, um, a second road access to the area. Um, Captain actually disapproved that uh, just yesterday, gazetted. So that is uh, no longer the problem. We're getting the mm -hmm. road for there. Um, we have uh, about nine people, I think, that have taken the opportunity on your build on your own program. Mm -hmm. So. We have those that have their own property that is applied to get the houses built. And I must um, congratulate the board because they have been able to keep the cost of these houses down, even though a lot of people have said that this um, newer design to these homes are going to be way out. Um, they have been able to keep them under 180000 So the threshold has actually been met pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, we have several of them that we've actually sent over to some of the banks now for approval. We're just waiting back to hear from them. And there's been, um, I, I know the numbers right off the top of my head with the north side one because I keep up to date on that one. I know about 22 people have been approved for that site already. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the, the 19 in um, West Bay has been actually been already sold out. Those have been already uh, pre-approved. And so it's just a matter of getting the other ones in Apple Blossom, which is actually in, um, 
Miss Wilkes area, Kathy Wilkes area, getting them going. But then we're actually looking more land where mm -hmm. we could actually try to do some housing and maybe the prospect to Newlands area also. So I, I think we probably need to have the National Housing Development Trust on so that they can tell us a little bit about some of the details of how <clears throat> people can apply and what some of the qualification criteria are. Um, but you, you've got a couple, the bottom line then is you've got a couple different sites that are being worked on now. And um, in addition to that, you've got future plans <clears throat> provided that the infrastructure issues can be addressed to have uh, some housing projects and some, some other kind of key areas as well. Now, you know, sometimes people can source housing opportunities on their own. Uh, they just need assistance with um, whether it's like a bit of a reprieve from the stamp duty or some help with financing. Are you familiar? I know there was um, an initiative recently through the development bank uh, that allowed Caymanians to qualify and sort of lock in an interest rate because of course, this year, I've lost count how many times the interest rate has already gone up for the year, and it's anticipated to keep going as the U.S. and the Feds are trying to control um, <clears throat> inflation. Uh, you know, they they try to regulate uh, the industry and what's going on by increasing the interest rate. So, do you um, know much about that program over at the well, Canadian Bank? I do know that the Deputy Premier in Charm has actually put some money over to CIDB for housing um, directly um, mm -hmm. and has, has kept the interest rate at a certain level right now. I don't recall what it is right off the top of hand, but uh -huh. I know we have actually sent several people over there to get pre-approved from them. And um, it seems like it's going pretty good. But one of the other initiatives that we need to get going is the GG Ham program because that will help people also that yes. want to, you know, source out. And um, I've been have that. Um, and re remind people what, what that is. That he will be going out and talking to the banks to get that program going very shortly again. Yeah, can you just remind people what that is because it hasn't been up for quite some time, and people may have forgotten precisely what what that program entails. Well, it is it is like a, it's basically the the. Um, Housing guarantee, the um, not or the government. It's a government guarantee housing program, where we we help with the um, depending on how we actually change it could change a little bit. Is because I think what we need to do is um, I'm finding a lot of people are dropping below a certain threshold, mm -hmm. and um, we may need to be able to help them where we can assist them with a certain amount of money for their first. The problem is, is that a lot of people are having uh, problems putting up that deposit, that first deposit. Mm -hmm. That's where that DG Ham would have would come in the effect to help them to get into guarantee and almost to guarantee their mortgage. Government almost guarantees their mortgage for them. But um, there are about 600 people that are registered with housing directly that I know right now. That's just housing that are looking homes. And there's a there's a threshold that are certain some people that are falling in a certain bracket that don't even meet that threshold for housing. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm having to come up with a different idea of how to maybe housing will have to get into the um, to the rent to own program for these people to be able to afford to be able to get housed because I am the minister for housing and I want to make sure that uh, every, the, to me the most important one of the best things that Caymanian can have is his home mm -hmm. and I am guaranteed to try to find out that we make sure that we find a way to get every Caymanian in a home and be able to afford their home somehow. And for some of those that fall below that uh, threshold, 
I, the only thing I see we can actually do because the banks don't want to take the risk with them is maybe we have to put in some money and we have to go into a rent to own program. Mm. And just talking about um, housing, um, just to let the people know that this is a new initiative that housing will be doing now, but housing will also, and this is breaking news on Sandra's show today, mm -hmm. um, housing will be actually starting to do housing repairs also now moving forward okay. too. So, and that's also you know, going to be done through the National Trust? Um, not National Trust, but it will be in con in concept with the NAU program. Oh, okay. So we'll be, we'll be working together. And then, you know, we've, um, we've heard so many people that applied through the NAU service too that um, needed help with the, um, from the GRACE program that we had put in place there. And there's still a lot more. So this was just a way of, um, housing getting in there now to be able to help them. You know, we've got the contractors, we've got, you know, we've got the project managers to help. So we said that we would actually open up, put in, government's actually put a certain um, 500K one side directly to do um, housing repairs, to try to get those numbers up and get those people that are dried in more or less that, have, you know, houses have been leaking and we know we got rainy season and I'm, Sandra, for me, um, I walked into two homes and, and I came there and I said to the deputy premier, I said, I was tired of going to a house where mm -hmm. I see people bought a swimming pool and put up in their attic to catch the water. And mm. um, to see houses that are, you know, that are leaking and kids are in there and the, the mold are growing. I said, we had to do something mm -hmm. to help these people. So that's when we came up and said, you know what, we'll, um, we'll get housing to start to do housing repairs. They got the whole program already running. So from next week on, you'll actually see notes that, um, We'll be advertising for repairs also. Hmm. So that is actually okay. breaking news this morning for you. Yeah. So the idea then is that persons would apply. Do they have to be existing NAU clients? Or even if they're not an existing NAU client, they could still somehow. Um, no, you don't have to be existing NAU clients. Um, okay. You know, it could be just someone that just needs the help to do a certain amount of repairs to their mm -hmm. home. And they can apply directly to the housing. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's that's good news. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that uh, bit of breaking and exclusive information. So Vanessa is asking about the requirements for a person who has a monthly salary of forty five hundred dollars. Um, I'm not sure if the minister has the exact requirements So Vanessa. I'm thinking what we'll do is we'll extend an invite to um, Mr. Ramos, who will be in a better position as head of the uh, National Housing Trust to give us all of those details for the housing programs that are available. So that's Mr. Julio. And uh, we am just messaging him right now. Before I forget, we'll have him come on the program and perhaps give details on qualifying, what program options they have specifically, um, and take it from there. Fair enough? Actually, you're, you're, you're right, um, Sandra. I was actually going to be setting up um, Mr. Ramos to actually go out to the public just to give people a little bit more briefing because we're you know, by um, by the end of the year, we're going to have a lot of homes starting to roll and move. So just to get people up to date of how um, they can actually apply to, uh -huh. to get these homes. And um, as I said uh, uh, a week ago on the um, on OC's show, uh, I would actually be starting to do a what I call the face-to-face -face with the people going from district to district with at least all of my ministries. And I know the, um, the deputy premier said that he would actually be... Um, coming on there with me to be able to talk about his side and what he actually does 
And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that um, some of the other ministers would actually um, jump on board with this so that we can go. It's just a matter of getting back out there, facing the people, hearing what, you know, what goods we've done for them and what they mm-hmm. see that we need to improve on and what they, we think we need to do. Um, yes. You know, it's just interacting back with the people. Absolutely. So Sherry Ann says, Jay Ebanks is the MP who always answers his phone no matter what. Northside community should be very grateful for the good productive performance. He's doing a great job. Uh, keep keep the good work up for your amazing. And then unfortunately it got cut off. Miss Darlene is asking, how can most Caymanians going how can most Caymanians going to pass the threshold if the minimum pay is so little? Um, have you had a chance, Minister, to review the recent, I know it's a massive document, but the um the information that came out of the statistics office for the uh oh gosh what's it called now for the um the survey Um, yes that was done as it relates to to minimum wage what percentage of caymanians are at that minimum wage threshold and who is it really impacting (laughs) uh sandra to be honest with you it is something that the government needs to really look into um it actually um I don't want to just, I don't want to go out there and throw any numbers to have the government binding to anything or they said, well, we should have a discussion about this before because that's something really the premier should be talking about. Uh, but it is something that the government really needs to look into. And I do see, realize that it, a lot of people, a lot of Caymanians are behind there, but it is below the threshold of what the minimum wage is. But is it something that we just put minimum wage straight across the board or is it something that we look at by sector? Um, and said that certain sectors are here. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions because with minimum wage going up, also um, starts to put up the cost of food and the cost of living and everything else that will be passed on. Because we know the consumers are definitely not going to want to eat that cost that they're going to be passing on. Right. My apologies. Um... That this cough is still still killing me a little bit here. So uh, Maria is asking if government is going to be paying for housing repairs or is it a new company? So I think she came in at the tail end of that comment. So if you could just repeat that again, um, Forest Minister, about this new initiative as it relates to housing repairs. Yeah, it is a, it is a government-run um um, initiative and as I said before we've uh, we've put 500k one side to actually go into uh, be able to help um, with housing repairs um, it's just started um, uh, we're getting ready just to roll it out next week actually so it's the first time that anyone's actually hearing about it but we're talking about it right now but it was just to be able to help um, those people that really in the need of help that you know just could not find that um, the resources or the finances to help with repairs to their homes or, um, you know, leak those that are leaking or just be able to get your house safe for hurricane season. All right, we've got Lily who says that she applied since um, Storm Grace and she's had no luck <clears throat> with her MP. Sherianne asked who's her MP. And she says, Sandra, please ask MP J.E. Banks why I never got any assistance for roof repairs since Grace, my MP never assisted um what's up him but never any action and her okay. MP Sabrina. So how did they um 
I must admit that I wasn't really entirely familiar with that is what has pushed me to actually get this um, housing in there because there was such a long threshold with the NAU that the NAU was catching up on what they had from previous years before they got to Grace. And um, we didn't realize the amount of number of people that we actually had in that, in that queue to actually get there. So I think the NAU is just, I mean, I don't want to speak out of terms, but I think they're just mm -hmm. caught up with a lot of their stuff now. And they're starting to look at those in Grace. And when me and our Minister Andre spoke together, this was an initiative I said, you know what, Evites from the West, Evites from the North, we come together and let's knock these housing repairs out that we mm -hmm. have outstanding and um, get these in, you know, get everybody dried in that are left. So if she is on the, on that um, list, maybe what she could do is apply to the um, national housing now. And then what we could actually do is just um, let any new know that um, national housing has her uh, documentation and we'll be um, sending out a contractor to look at her um, her house for her. Mm -hmm. So we're okay. both, it's, it's a both, it's both of us are working together, NAU and um, housing. And housing. And another person sent in a, pay, a message via WhatsApp, a question. They said in terms of applying for the home repairs grant, um, is it an actual grant? Is that what we're calling it? But they said, do they have a salary cap? So what are the criteria then for people to qualify for this and what sort of documentation um, is required? No, are we talking about for the homes or are we talking about for repairs? What was that? For repairs. For repairs. Yes. Um, so this new what, new initiative. Uh, well, <laughs> there wasn't any, um, I don't think we had any any cap on it to say, well, who it was actually helped for. I mean, you know, I assume that when the contractor goes out, we're not looking for people in Vista Del Mar and those areas to help, right? Um, but it had to be at least, you know, we were looking at those that had families, kids and stuff like that first. What kind mm -hmm. of um, damage was done to the house? What you know, the living conditions. If there was a if there was a house that has you know, a family with kids in there and it's mold and growing in the house, those people would get the priority first. Number one, leaking um, houses that have a lot of leaks in there um, will probably be more priority. Number one, to get them all dried in. But again, I don't yeah. want to speak out of terms because that is um, it's something that it's a, it's a board matter, so the board will actually have to determine how they they proceed to move forward with it. I'm just assuming from talking with them, this is the way that they will be looking at it. Right. So if it's done, if it's being done through NEU, is the application process still going to national housing? Because you said the board, so I'm just a little bit no, confused. About... we're working in combined, joining together. So you can okay. actually apply to national housing uh -huh. or you can apply to NAU service too. But what we do is once once you come into our system, we'll send mm -hmm. your name over to someone. We're not getting people both going here and going here at the same time. And we got two different contractors okay. trying to take advantage and, and re remodel the whole house. Mm -hmm. So once we uh, mark off your name off of the list, your house has been done, your name will go over so that anyone knows that you have been, this is what has been done to your property. Mm -hmm. and, um, it's been repaired. And so that then you don't go over to NAU and apply. And then a youth comes back and, and, and send someone over to do your work too. Mm -hmm. We'll be definitely working very closely together to make sure we're getting everything. But you can apply in any direction that you prefer. If you want to, if you're already in NAU, you can stay in that queue. If you're not in there, then you can apply over to housing. If you mm -hmm. feel that you're not getting any assistance over that side, you want to you want to come over to the um, housing side. You can do that, and then we'll send over everything else. Back to NAU, letting them know that we'll be assisting you with the housing repair. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Um, so Carmely has just joined the conversation. Good morning to Carmely. Questions, folks, 936-2626 is the regular phone number. And of course, you can send your message messages uh, via WhatsApp as well. We are pleased to have in the studio this morning uh, the Honorable uh, Jay Ebanks, who again is the um, MP for Northside and Minister for Planning, Agriculture, Housing, and Infrastructure. So you've been doing a bit of traveling, uh, Minister, and we want you to have an opportunity now from the agricultural perspective to tell us um, what that has been about. So I know we touched on before on the program um, the fact that you have gone to Honduras. I think you made a recent trip to Jamaica as well, exploring some collaborative um, opportunities there. Uh, I do see Ms. Maria is asking a question. She said, are different contractors being used or is it just one company that these repairs will be referred to? Um, the housing um, program has about 20 or 30 different contractors that they use. So it would be a, um, one of their contractors that they have been using for the past because they've actually scored them and they have a good uh, record with them actually able to do um, completing the jobs for them. Okay, so they already have a pool, Maria, of contractors that they work with. Jonathan says to build a house today, it's like $165 a square foot. So if anybody wants to build to keep to code, that's going to be the minimum. Hmm. Yeah, it seems about right. Mm-hmm. All right. Good morning, Mr. George Fullerton. He says he's here. Better late than never. So, um, going back then to our um, our question. So we about were talking about the, getting into agriculture, going into mm-hmm. the Jamaica trip, the Honduras, and the whole work that you that was there. Yes. Know, um, um, yes, we have actually been doing a lot with um, going back to to Jamaica just to see how we could actually tackle food security for the country um, because. Um, Jamaica is our, our closest neighboring um, brother and um, how we can actually improve our agriculture sector here mm-hmm. um, and learning a little bit from Jamaica because they have similar soil to us, even though they've, they've probably got a little bit better um, infrastructure with when it comes to the um, agriculture section because, they, you know, they at one point they have had to start all over and say, listen, we, we got to grow what we eat. Um, they have a great program going over there. And I think it was easier for us as a team to kind of learn from them than trying to sit down and reinvent the whole wheel over when it came to agriculture and food mm-hmm. security and be able to grow products um, over here. Um, you know, one thing that I'm really pushing forward is that we've seen a lot now is this is container farming and, and, and uh, warehouse farming because um, hydroponics, and it is actually the way to go. Um, it could be a little bit expensive to start off with, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've actually, um, asked the deputy premier, and, and he's actually looking forward to uh, putting some money into um, CIDB again to um, for farmers to be able to help um, assist them to get them up and going into certain areas of farming that um, we would like to see going. Um, container farming is probably one of the best because we don't have you know containers. You can put them just about on any property. Mm-hmm. You don't have to prep your property. You can control the environment. You can, you know, it's pest, it's free from pests, it's free from, um, you know, it's organic. It is the best uh, way to grow anything. And a lot of the stuff you can actually grow all year long because you can mm-hmm. control the environment, the temperatures from inside of there. Um, it's something that I want to see rolled out within the schools also. Um, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to see maybe if we could be, probably get it into the first uh, two high schools. 
to mm -hmm. get it going to kind of get the kids more involved into that direction. Um, we're also looking at um, uh, maybe purchasing a container to for the society to actually be able to put at the grounds down there so that we can actually have a training course for farmers to learn how to go into this because the the days of farming of um, you know getting out there pulling the bush and, and, and people thinking of um, in the hot sun and then hoeing and, and, and all this other stuff is is totally gone from what you can actually sit behind your your desk and and, and look at your phone and basically control every single thing when it comes to um, growing it in a container and you're going to grow it as fresh as you can get and as best as you can get and uh, the savings from it is going to be best because it's less waste in that and the cost is actually less of time consuming from what you're going to put out there mm -hmm. um, so and you know that was a part of looking around and, and getting a tour so see how jamaica has a lot of their stuff um, um going and then also be able to uh do a little bit more trading with jamaica with certain produce that they have that um, has been on a ban list with us for quite some time that um I must say from the um, the previous uh, ministry had already almost started to look into this. So when I came in there, it was actually on sitting on my table to just um, continue on looking into it to see about opening up the country to trade for certain other, um, you know, um, types of, uh, uh, we, we, I think it was planting and um, uh, breadfruits and a, a bunch of other stuff that we listed. And the reason that they didn't do it at one point in time is because there was a disease going on with um, plantains at that time in Jamaica, and that's why they had them on a ban. But they have combated that disease that they've had, and the agriculture um, department feels that it's it's the right time now to open back up to do with them. But also, we had opportunity to go down to visit their um, their germ plaza that they have down there because we're what we're having is a lot of farmers are saying that um, you know they want to be able to buy a lot more plants, a lot more suckers and stuff like that. And our culture doesn't have, we never had a way to be able to keep up with it, if you ask me. So we're going to be importing some of the new, some new plants to the island very shortly. Mm -hmm. and, uh, one of the main things a lot of people always said to me is, well, why um, we had a, a citrus problem on the island. It was actually a root disease that we've actually had when it came to citrus. Yeah. But there, um, Mr. Rolando, at um i think it's bali nursery in savannah has started to import lime trees from california which are, mm. are prone to this they're just so they, this foot disease this root disease that we've had sorry does not bother these new um lime trees that he has um so if anyone is actually looking at lime tree now i would recommend that you go to him he has about i think maybe seven or eight different types of, of limes that he actually can sell you and it was being that he has actually went out and started this initiative of bringing them in himself the society just decided to support his initiative instead of competing with him and bringing them so we got we kind of sent everyone out that want to get a lime tree or some kind of citrus tree to go down to valley nursery down there um he did the homework and i can tell you it's amazing um that their the trees are producing and uh, it seems like that has been the combat of, of this uh, disease. And it's a matter of uh, just using another type of um, harder type of uh, citrus tree and being grafted in to be able to 
um, to be able to beat this disease that we have. Mm -hmm. That's the, the root killer of our lime trees. And um, also to let my farmers know out there that, um, you know, when I first came in, the farmers are saying that it's years that they've been waiting on a uh, excavator. And I've been um, told that the excavator is actually here in Grand Cayman. It's sitting at DVS. Um, we bought a new um, excavator, a new jackhammer. So for clearing of farm properties to help the farmers be able to prep their property. And um, I have uh, the talks with uh, Mr. Harvey and, and, and long-standing farmers that have been in the, in the business for 30 to 40 years and told me that they have been hearing about that machine coming for 20 years now. And I said, well, it's finally reached to the island and some other um, some other machinery that is here for the agriculture. So the agriculture is getting their equipment that they need to help those farmers that are saying that they are desperate in need. Um, you know, we've uh, we've brought in two shipment of cattle to the island. We've brought in a shipment of goats with over 200 goats to the island. And I think um, the society right now is actually bringing in another shipment of um, cattle very shortly. Um, but then, then just to also touch base, um, Sandra, I know we were, we talked about the Honduras trip. Mm -hmm. when we were in Honduras, when we went to Honduras, that was also about um, food security and actually be able to get open up that line from down there. And I can tell you one, one thing when I was visiting Honduras mm -hmm. is that although people may say that well, the country um, may not be one of the best countries or it may not be for value dollar, but I can tell you what, uh, Honduras isn't starving when it comes to food. The mm. stores has, are full with just about the, the best produce that you can get, um, juices, everything else, cuts of beef. Um, we've had, um, We've had actually one of the grocery stores have actually started to bring produce from that direction already. And um, we've actually just, my team is actually working out the logistics part of it right now, but we think we've got a ship that will be sailing once a week coming out of Honduras from uh, Puerto Cortez to mm -hmm. uh, Rotan, Rotan straight to Grand Cayman. Um, he's guaranteed to, to try it out for a year to see if it, if it picks up the work, um, which I do think it will work. Um, we, so we've had a lot of, um, a lot of vendors, a lot of people went down and are happy um, about um, that, um, opening that shipping lane up. But also I know a lot of people spoke about doing shipping out of Mexico, um, bringing photos from Mexico also. But the good thing is, is that the, the problem we had is to be able to get a shipping line directly from somewhere down in the South America to here. And from Mexico, there are ships that go from Mexico coming to Puerto Cortez, and there's ships that goes in from from Panama to there. So it's a big shipping area. So anyone that doesn't want to go have to go through the America lean and, and taking that 16 to 21 days on on flight, whatever it takes or ship to go, is actually be able to could come down this direction and go south, back up to Grand Cayman, which is just about a day sailing out of there to here. Mm -hmm. um, it is going to make a huge difference. I can tell you value prices of um, not want to, to speak and tell, say what, what store we were talking about, but um, we went to a directly uh, one of the shops for um, that was butchering um, cattle for beef. And this, uh, this beef factory actually do about, say, 
They slaughter about 250 cattle a day. And they supply beef throughout for the United States now. And they do also for Burger King and Wendy's at the same time for making beef um, their burgers. And I can tell you what, the, the cuts that they're there, looking back at the price, I know one of the top cut of, of steaks that was in Grand Cayman that was selling Grand Cayman at the time was about 60 CI. That cut down there was less than 10 US. Wow. And that's just comparing it. And the, same, the same quality beef, the same grade Ab of cattle. Absolutely. We, uh -huh. once we was there, we were able to go to a, um, to a um, supermarket that the, the same owner owned and he showed us around everything that he had there. And we were eligible to be able to get, pick out some of the best cuts that we saw. And he owned it um, on the second floor of his supermarket was a restaurant and they were able to cook those cuts of beef for us. And I can tell you, there was nothing uh -huh. different between that and anything else I've got in America or Grand Cayman. So the idea behind, um, just to, to clarify uh, the move with, with Honduras, right? So we're looking at, because um, I mean, people say, well, do we have a, a food uh, sustainability issue here in the Cayman Islands? So it's more a question of, diversity, getting different products and crops perhaps, as well as a reduction in um, the pricing of what we pay. And are we doing anything? Because a lot of times what drives up the price is, you know, what we have to do to get it here in terms of importing duty and other such things. So is there any well, reductions the, that we're on that the, end? The, if you talk to any one of the supermarkets, the logistics is probably the most expensive part of it, right? Is getting it here. But the, and the other thing, too, is just put it this way. You can get a, a gallon of milk here where you could probably put on a shelf for, for 12 days, 12, mm -hmm. or 12 or two weeks, and then versus where if you get a gallon of milk coming out of the U.S., the shelf life is, is about seven days before they have to throw it away mm -hmm. um, because of the span of the time that it's actually taking to get from port A to port B. You know, let, let us not fool ourselves. A lot of the stuff, the food that is going to America is coming from South America. The big, the big merchants are actually buying up a lot of the land. They're growing the produce down there. They're, they're raising the animals down there. They're doing everything down there because it's cheaper for them to do it down there. And then they're shipping it to the, to the U.S. So what we're getting is, is we're getting all the produce crossing us and then coming back to us. So you figure anything is usually on sailing, you know, at least 12 days from what I've been told from some of the supermarkets before they're getting it. Um, you know, I know a lot of people don't like change, mm -hmm. but you know, if we want to be able to say that we want to be able to do um, protect ourselves and have other options, then these are these are the doors that we have to knock on to be able to do that. And mm -hmm. it's going to take it's going to take people to have to make a change to be able to say, you know, I know something worked for twenty years for you, yeah, mm -hmm. and now you got to now you got to go and make new friends with someone else in South America to learn that they're. But the one one thing that we wanted to guarantee is is consistency, consistency, consistency. We had to yeah. make sure that whatever you got, they had yeah. to be able to deliver that on time right. when we needed it continuing. And yeah. everyone we spoke to down there was actually on board with be able to um, supply yeah. us. And anything, anyone that we actually went to was already supplied in the United States at that also. Mm -hmm. 
Because of course the local, um, you know, grocery uh, providers and stuff that we have spoken to here, they've said that 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 is one of the biggest reasons why they have, I guess, maintained their connections with the U.S. market is that they never have an issue getting what they need. Um, because, you know, they've got relationships that have been established for maybe 25, 30 years or even more, uh, depending on how long they've been in the grocery business. And even if it might not be because everybody has had chain supply issues during COVID. So even if it wasn't like a particular brand, you know, they've got buyers and resources where, you know, if they had to route a shipment through Mexico to be able to get it to Cayman, they had those connections, those reliable connections. So as you say, reliability uh, is very, very important because if people can't get the products uh, when it's needed, we've got, you know, empty shelves and those types of um, uh, supply issues, then it's a problem. Just think about it right now. We're having that, they're they're having that problem right now with some of the people that they're dealing with. They've been dealing for 20 years now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you can't find them yourself. Yeah. Remember when we were trying to get um, our stuff out of U.S.? with um, our face masks. Remember when they turned the ship around that time and brought it back in there because they weren't selling things, right? It's only yep. a matter of time when some people get where food security becomes their issue, they got to take care mm-hmm. of their people. Yeah. So, you know, having sure. a second option is never too bad. No, 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 for sure. Um, now, of course, one of the concerns when we start to open up additional routes is there's always um, not just a reliability factor, but how are we ensuring you know, operating from one port to the next, that other things that we do not want into our country, such as drugs, um, are not and in, in not just drugs, but even unwanted uh, pets. You know, the the um, iguana problem that we have here in Cayman, the green iguana, is not something that's native to the Cayman Islands. That is something that was imported, and I understand that the route that it most likely came through was actually through Honduras. So, how do we ensure the safety of our products that we're getting top-notch quality? And then in addition to that, that we're not importing anything that we don't intend to import as well. Well, well I think most of the stuff that we already looked at is already USDA approved to go to the right. United States. So if it can go to the United States, I'm pretty sure it can ship directly to here without mm-hmm. any problem. Um, uh, the, as we talked about the iguana, I've been pretty back then when the iguana got here, it was coming by a small vessel and someone probably bought it as a pet. And that's how it got in here mm. at the time. But um you know, the, the, the war on drugs and the war on, and, and guns and coming in is something that we just have to deal with, um, Sandra. we got to make sure that we have a strict um, port. We've invested um, we've invested in our new scanners coming into our port. So, um, you know, I've actually had a, a one-on-one to be able to see how they actually scan every container going through um, that's coming off of the port going in there. And I must say, I think um, I must applaud the Deputy Premier for pushing that initiative and getting that scanner up and going, it has been working flawless. It's been great. I think so. You know, it's just it's it's like anything else. We got to continue improving. But do we allow that one thing? I mean, let's go back to when we open up cement. That was the one thing that they said about cement. That's why we could. That's why they didn't want cement to be open up nowhere else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, because once if you started to deal with Colombia and then on Honduras and other places, there was a potential that drugs could come in there. Well, there's potential that drugs can come from Mexico, anywhere else, Jamaica, any other countries. What's the difference now? What's the difference with the United States? It is mm-hmm. us. It is us to secure our port here to make sure that we risk anything that comes in here. We receive it. We deal with it here. So it doesn't. Care, I don't care where if it's coming from Timbuktu. We got to mm-hmm. make sure that it, whatever's coming in here 
is going to be secure. That's coming and, and, and everything is right checked. Way. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Anything that passes us by is is a shame on us. Mm-hmm. You know, because our port mm-hmm. is our number one area that we should have secure at any given time. Very true. All right. Um, good morning to Shirley. She says, good morning. Perla says, I applied to NEU a few years ago and they wanted a lot of information from me, like what's my ex-spouse's name? When was I divorced, etc." I was so frustrated going there because of these personal questions. <laughs> I talked to an MP and sod. I don't know what sod means, but um, oh, sorry. I assume that. Oh, maybe she meant Saunders. I talked to an MP and Saunders, maybe, yeah. And that shouldn't, that should not happen. Why is any of you asking all these questions and they give a hardship to us, most Caymanians, to get the real help we need? So um, she says, in another note, they're always saying that you're missing this and that document. And if they have a list of recommendations to support the application, that should be more efficient. So I know that NAU is uh, going through a significant overhaul. Um, We were trying to get the minister, actually, um, Mr. Andre Ebanks on the program tomorrow, but unfortunately he's unavailable. So next week might be the opportunity, Perla, to have some of those questions answered because NAU does fall under. Mm -hmm. I can do tell you, I know Minister Andre has been working very hard with NAU and there's a, you know, very shortly you're going. You guys are going to see a huge um, change when it comes to NAU to making mm-hmm. things a lot better, streamlining it, and um, and yes. just getting you in and out of the door a lot quicker. And um, I can I'm tell you what I am pleased with what I've seen Mr. Andre done. I'm very supportive of it. I actually can't wait to actually roll that to see him start to roll the system out and getting it down to the house to for us to actually show our support behind him. With what he wants to do there but i won't um get into that because if you mm-hmm. say he's on there next week um he'll definitely cover what he thinks he can cover to let you guys yes. know right away yeah so perla um definitely there are some major major changes coming they did have a press release in relation to it last week and so we hope that next week we can go through um some of those details with a real fine tooth comb but what i would say and you know in defense of nau is um, normally they're asking these types of questions for a reason. So they have applicants who are not always forthcoming uh, to them. And just by way of an example, you might think it's a personal question, but they might have to verify whether or not you are entitled to any spousal support or child support payments through the court system. And the only way they can know that is by getting the name of your ex-husband or ex-spouse and then um, cross-referencing that with those respective agencies. So I think a lot of times it's just to to, um, verify information and to confirm different sources of income because you will have people who go into NAU who are unemployed and say that, you know, they need assistance because they're unemployed, but yet they're getting an income from somewhere else. They have rental apartments, they have an ex-spouse that's paying them thousands of dollars a month or whatever. So, you know, when you have to um, utilize services such as NAU, you can expect personal questions is what I would say, Pearl, and it's probably not that unusual for that to happen across, you know, all jurisdictions in the world. Um, It is what it is. So Jonathan is saying, I'm hoping that they can double the amount of fruit trees at the next agriculture show. So when are we having, do we have a confirmed that we're going to have a next agricultural show? Would that be next year yes, or early next year? agricultural show will be on, on Ash Wednesday. And I can I can tell you guys that um, um, the society is actually just starting to put together a new fresh team. 
Okay. And we are going to be looking at a, at a different approach. This agriculture show is going to be a total different show. Mm-hmm. You guys will be very pleased and happy to see what's going to happen. I think we're going to extend it on a little bit big, maybe a little bit bigger. I don't want to speak out of terms with it and, and, and give too drop too many hints with it, but I can guarantee you that there's going to be a whole change with it. Um, there are going to be some ministers that we're inviting from around the Caribbean region that will actually be here with us for our agriculture show too. So mm-hmm. we'll um, there's a lot going there's there's going to be a lot going on for our show this year. I can tell you. Wow, nice. All right, Miss Rosita says good morning, Miss Sandy and my MP. Keep the good works up. We're very proud of you. Perla says when applying to these things, do we have to be married? I had to be married to get through a housing in Cayman. Please verify this if this is the case. Or the salary may vary for the individual or couples. So I'm assuming this is in relation to National Housing Trusts and housing. Um, is there any criteria that you have to be married versus it's just a salary criteria? Absolutely not. There's no. I mean, as long as you. Um, only thing I would think is if you're actually was a. You know, you had a your boyfriend with you and you guys combined together could make the the criteria. That would be mm-hmm. probably why they were saying that. But you do not have to be married to get a house there. That's absolutely not. It's based off of what your your salary is. All right. Very good. So Mr. Dean is joining us this morning. He says, blissful morning to everyone in the CMR community. Irvlin's got it. I'm sorry. Soka is joining us from Miami, Florida. Um, Jonathan's saying, I'm coming. Where can I get it? <laughs> what, what are you referring to, Jonathan? Um, Maria is asking if these trees are GMOs. Uh, I, <laughs> um, I assume you're probably talking about the um, the lime trees. I assume. Lime trees, yeah. Yeah, I am not a hundred percent sure on that. No, I can find okay. out and get back to that. Mm-hmm. So, um, quality farming says, when is the department going to encourage young Caymanian farmers, especially females, to reach commercial farming? Uh, know that they have such a huge amount of plants already. What support are we entitled to? So speaking of support on the farming side, I know that there was some sort of um, program that was being run through the agriculture department. And then there was a pause on that program. And I think they were re-registering these local farmers. Can you tell us a little bit about where that is? Has it completely restarted? Because I think some sort of assistance was being provided uh, they could get like free soil and other stuff. I yeah, only know a little bit about it because my husband <laughs> does backyard farming. Yeah, there's there were some changes to de- to determine what was a uh, backyard farmer to a commercial farmer, and mm-hmm. then we had an initiative going out where we we're um, trying to get as much database that we could get on there. So now we've um, we've launched out a system where um, hopefully um, very shortly we can actually invite you guys into so that the the media can see it, but we can actually click on time on on live and be able to see any farmer what they're actually doing at, at their farms mm-hmm. and be able to tell you exactly how much how many trees that farmer has on his property what type of trees he has on there their whole database so that when we know if we get someone that calls in and says well you know they're looking for tomatoes or something we can send them directly to this one you know mm-hmm. one um one of the other things that we're running up a new program that we're running is our initiative is our, is our egg program that will actually be running very shortly. Um, we figure that we can actually, egg is probably one of the quickest things that we think we can sustain ourselves on on the island. Um, so the government has pushed a lot behind this program 
we have uh, certified and we worked with all of the grocery stores. They've actually came in and given us their input and how they would like to see the cartons. Um, they're bringing in the expertise to show the, um, the, the farm egg farmers how to handle their eggs and the whole um, and what else um, help supply them with any type of um, materials, washers or, or, or freezers that they would actually need to be able to hold chillers to, to, to keep their eggs in and um, roll this program out very shortly. And I think we can, um, when the program hits the market, we think it could actually um, probably do about 30 to 40% of what we actually bring in right now. And once it actually gets going, we think we can actually, within a year or two, we'll be able to hit mm -hmm. that 100% mark where um, all of our eggs will be able to be locally grown here. And we won't have to worry about importing any eggs anymore. And the, the cartons will be, is very nice. Um, it has a, a Cayman um, logo on it, and it actually has a little logo where the uh, the farmers can put their farm logo saying which which farm it actually came from and barcodes and everything else on it. So the, the grocery stores have worked with us and said, hey, you know, this is how we would like to see labels and how it worked out. Um, and they're they're happy to get on board to push this program. I must thank them. Um, they, they from number from the get go, they've been excited and helped us with it. And we look forward to rolling that um, egg program out very shortly. Um, you know, there's um, just to get back on the other one is we actually do training courses. We've been putting on a lot of training courses for backyard farmers, and um, I've been positive, uh, positive results on it. Um, a lot of people have been asking me, to, "Hey, can you put on another co uh, course in this?" Because they've learned so much when it comes to backyard farming with these training programs. And um, one thing I've asked that. Um, the society just this weekend and the, the agriculture department is I've been getting a lot of younger ones that want to be able to go into the butchering side of it. And they said, you know, we want to learn, younger um, kids want to learn how to do the butchering. So we're trying to figure out how we can put a program together to come in and teach those younger ones how to how to get into the butchering because that is something that not too many Caymanians are left in. And our forefathers knew how to do it. And um, um, I think once we started to get into where we, carried everything to the agriculture to get it slaughtered. Um, the the looks of it and the, the, the passing on the knowledge of actually how to do that has been lost in that generation. So that is something that we're looking into of because um, um, I've had about at least 12 young kids that told me that that is something that they would love to learn how to get into. Mm -hmm. All right, very good. Um, so we got a couple more questions and comments as we start to wrap things up a little bit with the minister. Um, a lot of people asking about these lime trees and when where they can get those lime trees from. So um, are they available yet? Are they coming? Yes, they, yes, they are. And I think he just brought in a new shipment of um, of lime trees also. And I'm pretty sure, um, I'm pretty sure he may not. I can get his number to give it out on the thing on the uh, live here because I'm pretty sure he, okay. he's that's not going to bother him because he'll be selling a lot of lime trees because everyone's been asking me about lime trees. Where can they get one? Why is it they're not growing? Right. And this has been we, we did the research and he has actually been proven to bring in. Um, he's brought in several shipments already, and fast oh, as he get them here on the ground, they're selling them out. Wow, that's fantastic. And you so, know, being a farmer, this is a little bit of a reality check moment, but being a farmer and selling produce locally is not um, cheap. 
<laughs> so I just want to remind people that when we talk about, you know, um, supporting local farmers and even the local farmers that are out there, they know the cost involved in bringing uh, a crop to fruition and, you know, they have to price it accordingly. They should also know, because I know Foster's and all the grocery stores do their best to carry as many local products as they possibly can, but the yeah. end consumer has to appreciate that that means that you're probably going to be paying a premium price, but you know, you're guaranteeing a certain quality or that it's pesticide free, oh. it's organic and so on. Organic, so, you're getting a lot better product, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, make yeah. sure right. yeah, make sure you definitely um keep those things uh in mind, folks. Um now, the and, one thing that also wanted to touch base on with uh, mm -hmm. when it came to farming is um we um you know I've been one thing I've been working on is that uh, farm lease program and our property up in East Denver has been purchased uh, from, I think about 20 years ago. And um, we have our lease, um, a farm lease policy just about ready to go roll out. Um, the government actually will be getting a first glance of it um, in cabinet very shortly. And if it's approved with them, we'll be rolling that out and be able to um, open up some of the farmlands that we have in East End to be able to lease back to farmers um if it's my way i would say i would probably lease it as a peppercorn lease because for me i prefer to, i just want to get farmers out there for food security to be able to grow certain produce that we were so that we don't have to bring in as many that we have we can try to suffice of what we get we're getting to grow so um getting as many people out there growing produce is just is is the main key um you know because if you talk to a lot of people they say hey i would love to start to grow this and that but I can't, um, I just can't, um, I don't have the land, you know, I can't afford mm -hmm. to buy land to do it either. But if I had a property that I could lease, I would definitely lease it to be able to grow in, um, you know, skellions or whatever else that I could, would love to grow on. And, no, and not everyone has to go into suckers and, and um, growing uh, plantains and bananas. I mean, mm -hmm. people can grow, um, people can grow skellions and, 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 and um, a lot of other herbs and stuff like that. I mean, when I was in Jamaica, there was fields, there was a, a 10 acre section where that's all they grew was just skeleton. Then you had on the other side where they all just grew thyme on one side and everything for another mm -hmm. 10 acres of thyme there. Um, so there's areas like, like that that we can do that people can tap into where they don't have to compete with everyone uh, and, and try to get you know the best buck for this one and best buck for that one. But you know, also, um, Sandra, there are some law changes that we're going to be bringing coming shortly too for the agriculture, where um, you know theft has become a. Um, I always take my hat off to farmers because I said they had the hardest life to deal with. Mm. They have the rodents, they have the, the iguanas, they have the, the pesticides, they have, and then they have the two-legged uh, thief that's always out there raiding yep. the farmers, right? And uh, they nobody knows how hard it is to be a farmer. And I can tell you what, so we're bringing um, stiffer penalties and um, hoping that um, we give identification tag license, whereas um, if you're not licensed, if you don't have that license, nobody should actually be buying none of the grocery stores and none of the supermarkets or, or um, uh, restaurants should be buying anything from you unless you can produce that license. Because mm. what we're having is, is you you can go and buy something from a farmer from a from someone off the road but he goes into someone's farm and take it he doesn't know what that farmer just sprayed it with you know and then he sprayed it with a chemical and he goes and and, and sells it to you you don't know what chemicals are sprayed on it you get you eat it and then you know 
you know, you become sick from it or worse as, you know, you can pass away from it because of so what people are what stealing and then selling it for like a business, not just on the roadside. Absolutely. But yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. And it seems that um, from listening to the farmers, the police hasn't been doing much about it. Um, so it's up to us now to put some more teeth in the law from the agriculture side of it mm -hmm. to, be able to help the police force to be able to try to knock this um, down. So that will be rolling some 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 definitely big changes out in the in the farm for the farmers very shortly when it comes to that. Hmm. All right, we do have uh, some more questions and comments coming in. So we have uh, Gwen Singh. Can you ask the minister what plans uh, we can get in place about the export of the turtle shell products from our turtle farm? Because right now we throw it all away. Um. I'll, I'll have to pass that that on to the premier and ask him to ask that because as far as I know, I think there is some trading like the ban, world ban, the I think. world ban about trading of love turtle shells. Yeah, I don't think there's anything we can probably do about no. that, Gwen. Um, and I think Soka confirms it when she says they won't be going into the U.S. exploiting endangered animals as a no-no. Yes. So um, remember, Gwen, that although we eat turtle meat, uh, that is still a very controversial product around the world. But there are other aspects of, um, I guess, turtle harvesting or farming or whatever that would not be permitted because you're not going to have a market for it uh, outside of the Cayman Islands. And if it's an international ban, we might be subject to that as well. Absolutely. So um, Anthony says one concern is the quality standards approved and acceptable. So I think the minister has addressed that already in terms of food imports. Um, Ms. Darlene says, Sandy, the minister is right. The USA gets the majority of their produce and, food and foods from places such as Jamaica, Honduras, Costa Rica, et cetera. And then we purchase the same from the U.S., source them directly and save money. So hopefully that uh, will be the idea. Perla says, do you all know that iguanas are vegetarian animals? It's a healthy meat, but everyone knows um, that Honduras eats it. So I think we, we're well aware because they're always eating our fruit trees, as, jo as George rightfully says. Yeah. They eat his custard apples and mangoes, hate them. <laughs> Um, yes, we, listen, anytime we see them around here, they're always in, in Marlon's garden, child. And I, I almost stepped on one. I think I might have stepped on him because it's TLD. Yes, oh, my God. Oh, give me the bejeebers. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So um, where, where's Denny, by the way? I told Denny he needs to come and find that juvenile iguana for me. We need to keep up the iguana culling because it doesn't take much for them to resurge. So El yes, Ray yes, is yes. asking if Ash Wednesday is going to actually fall on a Thursday next year. Is it a leap year next year? Why would it fall on a Thursday? I'm not sure. Then do we still call it Ash Wednesday? I'll have, I'll have to look at that to see, but as far as I know, we're on a Wednesday for the Ash Wednesday. We'll see. Um, Soka says they also eat agoutis. Iguanas eat agouti? Really? Ew. All right. Well, I mean, we eat agoutis too, so. I guess maybe maybe we maybe I really shouldn't be saying ooh, but okay. Um, Lily has a question. She says, forgot to mention that my MP Sabrina Turner, who never dealt with my roof repairs since Grace, I need the help as I'm sick and no job. MP Turner, please look after your people. Oh, okay. Well, we will certainly send MP Turner that message. She was on the show a couple of days ago, Lily. Um, it's too bad that you missed her appearance. And um, by all accounts, she's actually been doing a really good job. So I'm not really sure what's going on with your specific situation. 
Again, yeah, it's yeah, probably I, not her that is personally responsible. I don't think you could blame Miss um, Turner directly for that, Miss yeah. Lily, but I've written your name down. But I think what happened is it's just that the long queue of people that NAU has had, right? And um, in your, I mean, as I said before, they have actually just gone through those that were there from the previous years. And now they were starting to look at those that are in grace and the storm grace. So, you know, I'm not saying that um, it's it's in the board's hand. Uh, so I could not blame Ms. Turner for that. That is absolutely um, not the right um, thing to blame her for. It is actually just the process that it's going, going through and the amount of people that is there. And that's why, as, um, as I said before, that's why we jumped up to wanting to, to help and join Minister Andre to try to knock these out as quickly as we can. And, get and one of the important in. things, and, and thank you for that clarification, because I must say, one of the important things that I always try to remind people of when people run to their MPs and say, oh, yeah, I want this person to do this and this and whatever, um, you have to recognize that there are limitations to what an MP um, can do, especially if there's another party that's responsible for that, another board and so on. Recently, uh, someone approached me, again, Ministry of Health and Wellness always gets a lot of requests. And they said, you know, that this individual was sick. He had gone, I think, to the HSA and there was some sort of mix-up story about his care. Eventually, he ended up um, at Health City, no insurance, and the bill is creeping up. And they're like, you know, um, why doesn't Sabrina just give him uh, cynical coverage? And I said, well, first of all, she can't just do that. I mean, you all have to stop this mentality of thinking that your MPs can give you insurance, that they can call Seneca and direct to Seneca how to handle their, their applications or direct things to NAU. Because the irony of it is the same things that you argue and curse and go on about MPs potentially interfering or, well, I heard that this one got helped with an application because the minister called in or whatever, is the same things you all turn around and ask them to do. And you can't have your cake and eat it too. Aunt Lottie had it right. You know, you can't have it yeah. both ways. So there right, has to be a, a, a delineation between responsibilities. So if NAU has a process, an application process that you have to go through to um, receive those particular benefits, that's the process. And the person said to me, well, this minister from West Bay, you know, called and she said, yeah, she's going to fix it, blah, blah. And I said, again, this is where sometimes new ministers or not ministers, but new MPs get really overzealous and they think that they can do this and they think they can do that. This person's my constituent, so I'm going to make a big stink about it. And it has to go through the correct protocol and the correct process. And the last thing you want as an MP, and I'm actually talking to MPs right now, is to make your constituents believe that you have such powers as being able to get them cynical insurance, being able to get them NAU assistance. They have to go through the exact same process as Absolutely. everybody else in this country. Absolutely, you're 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 hundred percent correct. You're hundred percent correct with that. And another thing that um, a lot of people think that MPs has the magic wand for is hiring of civil servants. Yes, in there, um, you know, yeah. and that's that's far from the truth. We do yeah. not have no. If we actually, uh, if that was the truth, I could tell you we would actually be probably in debt because every MP would be hiring <laughs> everyone that they could put in the yes. service. Yes. Yeah. And there's good reason why you don't want that form of nepotism. I mean, there's a potential yeah. that some of it happens in any event. Um, so, you know, the rules are there, the checks and balances are there, folks, uh, for a reason. So stop trying to, just because it's now going to benefit you, um, stop trying to step and blur the lines, right? So in this country, we want to talk about accountability, good governance, and all of these things. It has to apply in every single situation. So yes, this poor man 
is now, you know, his bill is going up or whatever. But the correct protocols have to be, you know, she can't just make a phone call and be like, oh, give him, give him cynical coverage. Uh, there's lots of questions that might have to be um, asked and answered before we even get to that stage in terms of, um, you know, what his assets are and other stuff. He's getting the care and eventually somebody will have to pay for the bill. And I'm sure that's going to be sorted out because trust me, physicians get their money at the end of the day. Um, Ms. Sue is asking about Foster's chicken costing so much. So maybe we'll send that through to Woody. Um, thank you, Ms. Gladys. Debbie's here. El Ray, he's a joker this morning. He says, will the eggs be expensive, more expensive than the foreign ones? Emphasis on egg expensive. Debbie uh, says, let's start slaughtering animals and become vegetarians. Um, her and Silk are going to be best friends after that comment. And uh, Perla says, I think a few schools are doing some plant planting of veggies, such as sweet potatoes. Uh, Prospect was doing it. Not sure if it's still ongoing. And I think that that's a fantastic initiative. At teaching young people how to, because there's so many things that you can do. You, you mentioned, Minister, earlier in the program about using containers. Even in your house, you can have little grow boxes. You grow can boxes, do um, right. hydroponics, you know, in a kitchen. Yep. You can grow your, your herbs and seasoning and, you know, um, outdoor gardening is a little bit different, but you've got to contend with. Some of, these, some of these stuff here, I'm actually going to be tossing the agriculture to start to be able to bring in so that we can actually help. Those that want to do backyard farming to be able to put, you know, they can come there to buy it because that's another thing is, is that uh -huh. people say, well, we would love to do that, but we don't have no way of getting it or do we just buy it from overseas and bring it in? Uh -huh. um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're looking into be able to carry some of these things that you guys can come there directly to get them and help right. set up, but then also maybe get a, a quick crash course from the agriculture department on how, how it's actually um, run and then what's the best way to actually um, continuing to, you know, get your, your bang for the buck out of it, the best out of it. Um, there was another question I saw it popped up there. Um, mm. uh, we've got some Shirley who says that she's um, recently started backyard farming. Very good. Uh, Ms. Vernita, stick that question until hopefully next week when the NAU folks come on. Uh, was it about the eggs? No. Um, Vegetarians? Us becoming vegetarians? <laughs> Oh, exactly. But about the egg, yes, correct. About the eggs being more expensive, um, you know that was that was something too that the, that we had to work out between the farmers and the grocery stores, because we want to be able to make sure that our local people are able to afford these eggs and be able to, and to make this program a success. It had to be at the right price um, range, so it will be competitive with what's actually being brought in right now in in, in that area. But again, you know that if you want to get organic, you have to you have to be able to or anything organic, you're gonna pay a little bit more for it than what you're getting now. And you're gonna get a better taste and quality egg by mm -hmm. buying what we have than knowing what you if it's something that's been sitting on a shelf for you know weeks before. Absolutely. All right, folks. Well, some good uh, participation and lots more questions coming in. Looks like Minister, you better not be a stranger around here because uh, people have got lots of questions for you. <laughs> but we do have another guest um, who is scheduled to come on, part of our Consumer Thursday segment. So um, Minister J.E. Banks has been here this morning. Oh, my gosh, so many uh, additional questions and comments. Thank you guys so much. Um, you may I appreciate have to send it. some of these questions directly to me, and then I can probably answer them and send them back to you, whatever. Yes. Uh, they're just popping in faster than I can read them right now. For sure. <laughs> um, 
So Jessica has one question that's quite good. Are the MPs looking into forming a board for rental apartments and homes? We're all dying out here. Some of these prices are just too much. And the rules, although some are reasonable, some are just plain ridiculous. So there's, is there any um, sort of, you know, um, almost like a mediation board or anything being considered for people in the rental space? Well, I can tell you, um, just uh, last or two weeks ago, we just put a task force together to start to look at that under the um, watch of the premier, um, being the chair of the board of it, leading forward um, to start to look into these rentals and watch, uh, actually more of how we can actually affordable uh, the people affording homes, what we have to do to be able to get the price point down and what um, and to whatever it takes to get these rental markets under control. So there is a board that's actually together and it's uh, built of civil servants and, in, and, and uh, members of parliament uh, that are overlooking that oversighted, but chaired by the premier. All right, very good. Okay, um, thank you. Anthony says, that's for sure, long overdue. I think he was referring to your visit. <laughs> So he'll he'll be back now that he's uh, gotten over the initial hump. He'll be back. Um, CC says, as a seaman and an ex-police officer that has served for many years, the least they can do is give him the referral to Health City because in this case, the HSA was negligent. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful of those type of words, um, CC. The HSA might send you a letter. Yeah, <laughs> Who sends a senior with a blood clot in his knee home and any blind person can see he was in major pain. So why send him home when they beg to be admitted because he felt safer. So if he's an ex-police officer and uh, a seaman, he should have insurance options. Um, Yeah, he should automatically have insurance options probably for life. So this story sounds a bit strange. So I'm not quite sure what, we might be missing some of the details. Um, Jonathan is begging everyone to plant at least two different fruit trees this year. I'm trying to get an avocado tree. Well, not me personally, but I told Marlon, get an avocado tree going. He's already planted um, my small uh, Cayman mangoes, which I love. And so, yes, we got a full garden situation. We got plantains too. Oh, my God. Local plantains are divine. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, they are. Yeah. Suzette, good morning to you. Uh, she says that we definitely need a proper landlord and tenant law and guide. Yes, that has been on the books, I think, for quite some time. It has been on the books, and I can tell you that it's something that I've, uh, I've asked a question about, too. And I know that um, um, we will be starting to look at that somewhere down the road, too. We have to look at it. It is a must. Um, mm-hmm. We've heard too much, the, the rumors out there. I don't even want to spell them out, come back out, but it's crazy. how the tenant laws have been going. Yes. All right, my dear. Uh, thank you so much, sir, for coming onto the program. We um, are going to bid you adieu at this point in time. But remember, the invitation is open. We have Impact Wednesdays. Anybody from the PAC government can come on on Wednesday and tell us all the wonderful things that you guys are doing. Um, if Wednesday doesn't work for you, we'll shift it like we did today to Thursday. So we appreciate you taking the time, uh, Minister, out of your schedule. And um, hopefully thank we'll you. see you again soon. Thank you so much, Sandra. I will actually get my team to actually get out um, and set some times with you so that for the next show. But mm-hmm. I can do definitely tell you that um, it's something that I think that um, I owe the people to make sure to come back out to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like to interact with them and, and get their questions because there's maybe things that I have been overlooked or haven't heard about yet that they mm-hmm. are bringing to my attention that we really need to be um, jogging down and, and, and taking note of. and, and moving forward with certain things. That's why I want to have this face-to-face with the people going forward 
and very shortly i'll send out the date and i'm hoping that um, we will get you to streamline all of our um all of our uh, time frames when we're going out with our events that we're going to have going forward and i tell you it will be um it'll be just giving an update from the government what's happening what's going forward but then also having their views and opinions at the same time mm-hmm. and we look forward to starting it from north side to east and working our way back out and then uh, hopefully ending it in the brack came brack all right one but final there's so many more things that i have to talk about uh, yes, on another topic we have starting in our dvdl um, yes. stuff that's happening in there but we'll save them for the next show but i do Sounds thank good. you all i god bless everyone in grand cayman and and came back and, and i do thank the people of Northside for giving me the opportunity to sit here and represent them it has been a, a, a wonderful um journey so far i have enjoyed every bit of it and um the one thing is to be able to see fruitful things coming out of this and be able to get back to the people and be able to make the lives of the people of this country a lot better that is my main goal here is to make sure that we have um we deliver what our people want get back to the basics and help the people mm-hmm. and, and try to improve their lives that's it that's me that's what i'm All here right. for thank you very much thank we you so much it. sandra again see you next time take okay. care okay fantastic all right, folks, that was the minister. Um, like I said, more questions coming in. So hold those until the next show and um, we'll have him back in the program. So let's take a quick break. Um, here's, I know Soka's listening and I had this queued up for yesterday. So before we transition and bring our um, next guest on the program, I want to um, play this uh, first Soka's uh, privilege. Don't forget, folks, if you're part of the Filipino community um, or you have family in the Philippines, uh, Miracle Brokers is now accepting boxes. You've got to get them in by next week because there's a deadline for the shipment to leave to be able to arrive uh, in the Philippines on time and be cleared. So, you know, get your shipments together for Christmas. I think this may be the last shipment that's actually leaving for the year. $65, starting at $65, you can have your boxes um, up to 200 pounds put together, put in the container. They're loading the container as we speak. So do not miss out. Hi, para sa mga kababayan dito sa Cayman Islands. Ito na naman ang oras ng taon. Ihanda ang inyong mga Christmas box para ipadala sa Pilipinas. Simula sa $65 para sa isang solong 200 pounds box, ito ay deal ng Miracle Brokers para sa lahat ng residente ng Cayman. Ang lalagyan ay on-site at handa ng i-load at ang deadline ay sa katapusan ng buwan. Sa limitadong espasyo, kailangan mong kumilos ng mabilis. Makipag-ugnayan kay Koya Romy ngayon sa 345-916-0355. In the mornings, no one wants to miss listening to the cold hard truth or reading CMR. Cayman's number one news platform has made your morning commute fun again. Pass this time with the cold hard truth on weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Talk radio that's engaging, entertaining, and enlightening, but be careful. Some mornings it's so hot, you might run into a bit of trouble. The eulogy, which will be delivered by the daughter of the departed, Susan. I just want to say a few words about my dad, to who I owe so much. Excuse me. Yes. At the risk of sounding pedantic, it's to whom I owe so much. Is Who is a subject pronoun? Your father is evidently the object of the sentence. Therefore, one should use the 
object pronoun, namely whom. Pray continue. Where to begin? There's so many things we all loved about. There, there are so many things, plural. First, I'd like to stop. Mm, uh, firstly. What? Firstly is more formal, so. I can't believe you're interrupting me. Everyone here is completely disinterested in what you have to say. Mm, is uninterested, disinterested means impartial. One has to respect the departed, not to mention the English language. More than anything else, I remember my father's sense of humour. Whether he was at work or down the local pub, he would always be holding court, and people would literally laugh their heads off. Mm, I doubt it. What? I doubt they would literally laugh their heads off. That Their heads would have become detached from their bodies. It seems highly unlikely that your father would ever have said anything that funny. Vicar, you and me are going to fall out. You and I, let's not forget our personal friends in a day such as today. For sake, you're putting me off! No, I'm not putting you off. That would end the sentence with a preposition. I'm being off-putting. How dare you do this to me? I am grieving! That is my father down there! Was. In past tense, he's dead. <laughs> oh! You've ruined today for everybody. Now you just lay there and think about what you've done! Not lay, lie. You shouldn't use the transitive. Um, big, big shout out to Soka. Again, that is a little video for her this morning. She's always on this platform correcting all of us in terms of our English and grammar. And so Soka, there you go. <laughs> we, we sympathize with that young lady trying to have some comments uh, on her father and the priest uh, constantly correcting her. And uh, yeah, you see what happened to him. She slapped him into the grave <laughs> with the father. So a little bit of humor. Um, let's go ahead and transition um melita says yep that's soka right there <laughs> so if you get it you get it um thank you so much tracy appreciate you logging in today uh thank you denver for tuning in so we have a young man i'm gonna ask him to pull his camera down a little bit because it looks like i'm looking at the top of your head who is joining us uh this morning to talk about um some of the issues that he has been having in relation to a license application with government so we're gonna try to break this down um, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm okay. And you? Yes, we're we're very, very good. Thank you so much for coming on the program. So I want you to take your time. Uh, we've got about a half an hour left in the program. But yeah. you having a bit of a situation um, that requires some explaining. Let me just pull you back in there. Um, there we go. That requires some explaining in terms of uh, what you've been going through. So tell us um, who who you are and then what the situation is. Okay. Um, can I be there at a prayer for support? Sorry, say that again. Um, I would like to just be there at a prayer before we get into it. Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. Morning, um, Heavenly Father, as we enter into this discussion, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Let it be edifying to those who suffer the same fate as I have suffered. Maybe they don't have a voice to speak or not bold enough to speak or the fighting spirit. Thank you for what you have done for me so far through this struggle. In your son's name, we pray as we ask you to extend your blessing to the others. Amen. Beautiful. Okay. 
Um, I'm Ryan Bernard. Um, better known in the Cayman Islands as English. I am a Jamaican national. of a little ties in Trinidad. And I attended the St. James High School. I'm officially from Antigua Bay. I attend the St. James High School. That's yeah, yeah, St. James High. And mm -hmm. I went out to the Seaforton Vocational Training Center where in total of my studies there in electrical insulation, industrial, commercial, and residential, I achieved a level one, level two, and a level three, which is um, which is a diploma. Mm -hmm. After I finished that last study, I went to Trinidad and Tobago to visit my aunt. There, I engaged in another year and six month study, which was evening classes two times per week. I did sit the exam for electrical license there because we have the CARICOM trade agreement where we can travel from Caribbean to Caribbean and study. Do whatever you please. And I achieved, after doing the exam three times, I Finally, I was successful. I then applied to Mr. Carlos Powell, uh -huh. which owns a company, Mr. Electric. And I was offered employment here. When I came, nothing was provided for me. I was left floating for place to stay, transportation, and we had a fallout. I wrote an official letter to the immigration, asked to him and also to the immigration, asking the immigration, asking him to give me a letter of release. And I also submitted to the immigration. Subsequently, my I was released, but the manner in which I was released from him was a discriminatory matter. Manner. He, he asked for his properties, which was his uniform shirt, and I met him on West Bay Road, gas station near the bridge. He owed me $250. He presented to me in a rounding block, but he threw it on the ground uh -huh. and said something about Jamaicans. I don't want to repeat it. I picked the money up, and that was it. Uh -huh. Then I, I cancelled the permit there, and I went on to Nico electric uh -huh. and I end up working at West Bay under Nico's company with Merlin Wells. This was a gentleman that signs in on the job in the morning and for the rest of the day he wasn't on the job. So happened that the site superintendent came there and asked where is he? Uh -huh. And I said I don't know. That's typical Jamaican what don't concern him. Uh-huh. You know, it doesn't concern. So he walked in. I was at the right of the supervisor, and he said, Whenever you need materials, uh -huh. here is my number, call me. Mr. Wells was walking in at the same time and he said, Here there is. The gentleman didn't say anything to him. When he left, he said to me, Do you have electrical license? And I said, Yes. He said, Did you transfer it? I said, no. He said, what? He said, because you are a senior electrician and I'm working under your supervision. So uh -huh. 
you supersede what, I, what I'm doing. He said, it's not like that in the Cayman Islands. I said, that's how I read it in the book. Mm -hmm. He said to me that it was a to and fro. Yes, it, yes, I know. And he said to me, do you know that I have the power to reject that license when it is submitted? And I said, do what way? And he said, I sit on the electrical board of exam. So with that, I shut my mouth. The following day, I was called by my, my, my permit holder and said, do not go on the job site. I mean like the following day. Mm -hmm. So he in turn now submitted the documents applying for the license. But based on my experience and my qualification, my license from Trinidad and Tobago is the only license that Trinidad and Tobago produces other than an engineering license. I could not achieve an engineering license because I'm a, I'm a non-national of the Trinidad and Tobago community. With that, I had to settle for the electrical license deal. Mm -hmm. So Mr. Nico applied for a journeyman, which was rejected. He came to me, he called me and said, what, he had to go to a meeting. So he called me and said, what have you done to Mr. Wells? Did you disrespect him in any shape or form? I said, no. And he said to me, well, I think you owe that man an apology. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, I will not apologize for something that I've not done. The license, the application that he made was rejected. Mm -hmm. I sit with that, I have to sit home out of the six months, three months paying rent just because of that. Fast forward, Mr. Burns Rankin, my former employer, took the documents and he applied for the license and he got it. After that, Mr. Monroe applies and got it. That's 2018. 2019, 2018, Mr. Adrian Rowe, reliable electric applied and he got it. Now, 2019, Browns Electric made an application and it was not granted. They mm -hmm. gave me the receipt and told me that, gave Mr. Brown the receipt and told him that I could continue working with until the actual license is printed because the machine, the printer is not working now. And that went on from 2019 to 2021. When I asked, when I put, put my foot down and I said, I need my license. Mm -hmm. Here I have all the receipts from 2019 to 2021. Mister, I was invited then to a meeting. I was invited then to a meeting at the board of examiner. Mm -hmm. by myself not with my employer to a meeting scheduled on the 8th of June 2021 mm -hmm. to provide they said that I was to provide clarification on this expired temporary wireman license the license number is TW269 that's temporary wireman 269 mm -hmm. 
Okay, I went to the meeting. When I went to the meeting, it was a panel of six and the additional of seven. Because you know the board have to be somebody of the you know the board set up. Mm -hmm. So while I was in the meeting and they asked me one question they should have asked me to provide clarification of the expired license. I explained to them at that time I have my Trinidad license up to date and I showed it to them and I said, this is none of my negligence because if I can keep my external license up to date, I don't see why I would take it, I would neglect keeping the one here up to date, knowing that this is the one that I have to use to work. But I said to the board, I cannot grant myself a license. It is within your jurisdiction to do so. Right? Mm -hmm. So, the, Mr. Walton would begin to ask me some electrical question. I am not here to answer electrical question. I'm here to answer one question. Mm -hmm. they, they told me to go outside. I went outside and I could overheard this gentleman. I don't, I don't know his name personally, but I can identify him by face. He said, just take the effing license away from him because this guy don't know who he works for. Another gentleman, while explaining, another gentleman told me to shut up. Mm -hmm. And I didn't take that as a friendly fire. Mm. We are in a meeting, that's why we that's why they call a meeting so everybody voice the opinion. And I was voicing mine and they were telling me to shut up. Mm. However, I left the meeting honestly mm -hmm. to you and the public. I was stunned based on their interrogation that I, I, I come out and I didn't like you don't know which direction it was heading. Mm -hmm. I head straight to an attorney's office because I see that. I see what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. The attorney told me to wait and see what's the outcome. On the 8th of June, and on the, on the 11th, the 15th of June, they replied to the Browns election and tell, told them that at a meeting, at the Electrical Board of Examiner, held on the 8th, your application was considered and it was resolved to deny the application for the following reason. The applicant does not have a valid license as required per Regulation 6.1. Now, I was granted license three times by the board. Uh -huh. My license, external license, was up to date. Uh -huh. Based on anyone who is listening, opinions, how could I not have a valid license when I when the license was paid for? So and I had my receipts. Yeah. So just to be clear, what you're saying is the same examining board had approved you for a license on three separate occasions before this time. Yes, ma'am. And now they're denying it on the basis that you haven't met the criteria. Right. I do not how did you meet the criteria for the three times before? Because nothing. Three times before. Oh, okay. So they said 
acts except provided regulation six to every person carrying out electrical work shall be licensed in one of the following categories electrical engineer master electrician electrician wireman linesman they have approved a wireman license for me three times and my experience and my qualification proves further than the wireman that they have granted right mm. so the footnote said that please know that the following decision the applicant may reapply with additional information for consideration. The applicant may also appeal the board's decision. The decision was appealed, and the appeal wasn't looked on until one year time. They stopped me from work, said I'm not supposed to carry out no electrical, no form of electrical work here in the Cayman Islands. For what reason? The application was submitted and it was turned out. You're going to see the excitement. What is going on with the Electrical Board of Examiner in the Cayman Islands? And if this is the way it operates, I would like to ask the question, who governs the Electrical Board of Examiner? They are doing some things which are hurting the economy and hurting the construction industry in the Cayman Islands. Mr. Just to fast forward, Mr. Walton Gooden, at October 4th, 2021, mm -hmm. on the behalf of the Electrical Board of Examiner, he wrote to the Trinidad and Tobago Electrical Board of Examiners, mm -hmm. requesting that my electrical license that is there in Trinidad should be cancelled. Mm. The reason being is because they see where they have wrong with me and me not having a license from Trinidad would give them the grounds not to give me a renew my license here. So... Who's this person that contacted the Trinidad um, electrical people? Walton Gooden. Walton Gooden. What's his role here in the Cayman Islands? His role is is a member of the Electrical Board of Examiners. So a member of the Electrical Board of Examiners contacted, I guess, their equivalent board in Trinidad and Tobago, asking them to strip you of your license there? Right. On what grounds? The grounds that I'm not in Trinidad practicing. So I have the letter, both letters, both the submission and the response here in front of me. And I'm reading it here. It says that, good morning, Mr. Williams. I was trying to reach you yesterday by phone, but was unable to do so. I am a member of the Electrical Board of Examiner in the Cayman Islands. As the link above will confirm, the board is expected to look is expected to look at practices in the countries which from which our overseas applicants are coming before we approve overseas applicants. No, this is this letter is written on the the 12th of August, 2021. And 
I was granted license three times before. So it's now after three, four years, we are doing a background check. Uh -huh. We have been using country's website to gather as much information as possible. In the case of Trinidad and Tobago, listen, we are unable to find a list of your licensed electrical workers. It is for this means, main reason that I am reaching out to you on behalf of the electrical board of examiners. We now have an application before us for, the, for one Ryan Anthony Bernard, who, who is a Jamaican national that has a Trinidad and Tobago license. He says that. Eh? Then he says that. Then he wrote back to the board and he says that. A wire man. He says that. He says that. Um, just a point to ponder on. That's, this is what he wrote to the electrical board here. Uh -huh. In this email response attached below, Mr. Williams, the chief inspector of Trinidad, a wire man is not practicing in Trinidad and Tobago. Is, is not grounds for cancellation of the license. Uh -huh. In accordance to electrical installation building act of the laws of Trinidad and Tobago. Clearly, this is not the standard we use here. If a person is not locally, is not a local, his license is not good as, as long as he has a valid work permit. His license is only good as long as he has a valid work journey. Uh -huh. So I'm a, I'm a little bit confused because um, are they saying then that the only way you can get a electrical license in Cayman is if you have an electrical license in another jurisdiction? Yes, if you have another license in another jurisdiction. Once you come here, even before you come in, your, your employer that is that is um, providing employment for you, should, should get your license approved before you come on island. But your approval is contingent on you having a license somewhere else? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So Ms. Brenda says, Walton Gooding is a former police from Barbados and he's now an electrician. Um, Perla says, some people come here to get power over others. That's just not right, but I wish him well for sure. So um, we only have about 10 minutes remaining uh, in the program. I guess the, the question then is, um, you know, what do you hope to do by now, the situation? I, I, um, I appeal the decision and I'm now left without an attorney because based on my work situation i cannot afford to pay an attorney to sit in the appeal the attorney that was sitting that was that was representing me his charge is too high and i'm not working to that much to pay i applied to the legal aid for assistance and i do not get any the date of the hearing of the appeal is the 28th of October. 
is the 28th of October. And without a representative, representative, legal representative, it can be, it can prove futile on my behalf. Because they, they requested a submission, written submission, and I do not have the knowledge to do the written submission. Right? And a company, Tripower, applied for the electrical license, and he was told by Mr. Sandelborn to, to, uh, to secure the work permit first. When he applied for the work permit, it was different. It was different pending the electrical license. Mm -hmm. When it was different before, Mr. Before Tripower could get the response from based on the time period of the email, Mr. Barton emailed Tripower and, and said to them that even if mm -hmm. the applicant submits additional information that they are request from an outside body and it's only one outside body that outside body could only be Trinidad and Tobago mm -hmm. he is not going to grant that electrical license mm -hmm. he is not going to grant it I would like to can I say something sure I have much more to say I have much more to say, but time permits us. I am deeply hurt, and I do not want to leave with the assumption that this is the way the experts are treated unfairly because of your power. And I would like to advise the necessary authorities of the Trinity of the Cayman Islands uh -huh. as you would tell to your neighbor, Control your children. Uh -huh. I would like to use the same phrase and said to say to the Cayman Islands government and those that are in authority, control those that represent the government. Uh -huh. Control those that represent the government. Uh -huh. I ask them, what is the problem? They remove everything from around the employer. Now I have been targeted. I cannot work to sustain my family, my children. And I like to make it clear that I have three girls. And I think I know it is my responsibility to see them through. As a father, before somebody else played a role of a father to them. Yeah, I don't want him to say because if I leave them back home and fail, that means it was no use of me leaving. And this is none of my fault. Who gains from this? Who mm -hmm. gains from this? Mm -hmm. This is an inside work, and I'm asking those who are in authority, not those with power, because power belongs to God. Those who are in authority and oversees the government, take this into the, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking not only for myself, 
but I'm lending my voice to those who cannot speak. Mm. I'm lending my voice to those who cannot speak. I'm deeply hurting. The fact is, I have escaped from the garrison mm. and achieved what I have achieved and become who I am. Mm -hmm. And see me just to feel like my fight to be here, mm -hmm. to be a licensed electrician, I'm gonna fight to maintain who I am. Thank yeah. you. So maybe we have some attorneys um, who are listening to the program this morning who believe that they can help um, this gentleman, Mr. Ryan, with um, you know some legal advice. Because I, I think that in a case like this, there's something obviously amiss here. Um, one observer uh, on WhatsApp says that um, before the first person chimes in that they wouldn't do that to Caymanian, they need to know that the fear an expat has held over their head of deportation. And so some somebody seems to be abusing their power. Um, Ms. Brenda says the ministry and minister need to be advised of this. It seems like such an injustice. Uh, Anthony agrees that um, this needs to be brought to the attention of um, the relevant agencies. She's wondering if there's some sort of conflict here based on nationality. I mean, I don't know if that's what it is. This whole electrical inspector situation seems fraught with a lot of issues from what I've heard, even, even the ones that work for planning. They, it seems to be a very close-knit group of individuals who are, quote-unquote, running the show, and they want to exert a lot of power. I don't know if it's their egos, you know, um, that have run amok or what's really going on here, but they seem to want to exert a lot of power over individuals that they see as either beneath them, as powerless, as I don't know, um, you know, that they, they get to decide who's going to be able to have some bread and butter when it comes to the electrical system. I think the strongest point that has been made this morning is the fact that you have had a license approved and a work permit approved in this jurisdiction. Um, you said a license was approved at least on three separate occasions. So how, how long um, did that span? Like how many years did that cover? Each, each year. You have to do a renewal. You have to do a renewal. And, and this has and this has been done like three. I this has been done like 2019 payments, 2020 payments, 2021 payments. Uh -huh. I, 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 I happened to meet Mr. Gooden one one and one. And he said to me that I know you from somewhere. And I did not withhold my identity from him. I said, this is Ryan Bernard. Uh -huh. Still got with the Trinidad license. Uh -huh. And his response to me was that I have nothing to do with it. I am so just he's not, he's not willing to take responsibility for the fiasco that you found yourself in. Huh? He, you, you said he said he had nothing to do with it. So does that mean that he's not taking any responsibility for why you can't get your license approved? No, no, he's not. And numerous companies has, have tried, and mm -hmm. the response to them was that I have been working without approved license. Who does the approve? Who do the approval? It is the board of examiner who do the approval. And my, one of my final words is that the, 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 those who are in authority, the board of electrical 
examiners need to be questioned and be thoroughly investigated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A sterilized check needs to be done on them. Mm -hmm. I know Mr. Merlin will have it out for me. I know Paulus Powell have it out for me. I'm not afraid to call him. Mm -hmm. And there are others there. But whenever they strike, whenever they say anything, then I will respond to that. Mm -hmm. But this board needs to be reshuffled. Oh. Wow. So Ms. Brenda is suggesting maybe the Legal Befrienders Clinic can assist. Um, and uh, Jaden says, what kind of joke thing this is? So it's really unfortunate, I think, um, when you hear people being taken advantage of. So uh, Rayon, you know, the story is out there now. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, but let's hope that someone has heard your plea for help this morning and they can step forward and offer some assistance. We're going to reach out to the same electrical board. Uh, I think it falls under planning, which would be the minister that was actually on the program earlier today. And we'll yes. see if we can get, um, you know, some sort of response from them. Sometimes it's just a matter of putting some pressure on. But we do thank you for coming on the program and for exposing, um, you know, at least some of what has been happening in your situation. Miss Maria says, what an awful mess. This is so unfair to the poor guy. So, you know, you can't have people who are approving uh, licenses and issuing licenses and permits not doing so within the proper remit of the law, because then that creates administrative issues for them. And if somebody can lawyer up and get a lawyer, they're going to be sued and they're going to be found to be in the wrong. So we need and we expect them to do the right thing in all situations. So, sir, we thank you um, again. Suzette said that your case is a sad one and he needs and deserves proper explanation as to why he's being crucified. There's something wrong and I hope that he will receive the help needed so that he um, can be justified. I'm proud of him for coming forward. So um, everybody I think sees that this smacks of some sort of prejudice and we would like to know why. What, what's really going on here with the um, electrical, they're called the electrical um, licensing. Give, give me the full name of, of what that- Electrical, um, electrical board of, ex, electrical licensing board of examiners. Electrical license. Electrical board of examiners. Um, okay. All right. We're going to try to see if we can um, get to the bottom of this and we'll assist in any way that we can. And again, yes, this does fall under planning. I'm just having a look now. If we can see, um, according, they, they claim that they hold monthly meetings um, at Tuesdays at 2 p.m. in the government admin building. Uh, however, <laughs> nothing updated in the website since February of 2022. So does that mean they haven't been holding monthly meetings or they're just not updating the website? We're not sure. There's no minutes or um, agenda or anything being uploaded on the website. Before that, for 2021, the only meeting that we see listed is December of 2021 and 2020, nothing beyond that. So, um, you know, th this is where, again, these government agencies, when they start to do things to people and they're highlighted in a program such as this, you know, we start to look at what they're really doing and we start to ask some questions. So here we see that they're not even, I don't know if it's that they're not having meetings or they're just not putting them up on their website, but somebody isn't keeping up with this in terms of board meetings. So now we're going to be asking additional questions of this board because maybe the minister needs to be aware, a board that um, I don't know if he appointed them or who, 
but um, this is a problem. So the chairman of this board is Carlos Powell. Do you know if he's still the chairman of the board? Carlos Powell? Mm -hmm. Yes, he's, he's, he's there. Okay, so according to this, he's the chairman. Merlin Wells, Edlin Moore, Timothy Howard, David Crawford, and Walton Gooding are all members. So um, it's made up of seven members according to that. So we'll see what additional information that we can get um, in relation to this and maybe put some questions to the planning department about how your application has been handled. Anybody else who wants to render any assistance, uh, please feel free to, to come forward. Is there a way that people can contact you, sir, if they're interested? Okay. In um, if you contact me by one two nine two four nineteen zero one, or by email Bernard or lowercase Bernard underscore Ryan at yahoo.com. And Ryan is R O N, yeah, R Y O N is Ryan. Okay, all right, folks. Ms. Brenda says there are lots more like him. Hats off to him for coming forward. Sandra, perhaps immigration should be made aware of the situation. Next thing might be to have immigration hunting him down, my thoughts. Um, so what, what's your status on island um, at the moment in terms of immigration? Work permit. Okay. All right, folks. Yes. Um, okay, uh, Ryan, um, we thank you again uh, for stepping forward. Just give us the number one more time. Nine. Two, four. Uh-huh. 1901. All right. So if anybody wants to contact him, uh, please feel free to reach out. And again, you know, sometimes you've got to step forward and share your situation, your specific situation for people to know that it's happening. And potentially this, this sounds on the face of it um, to be a very unfair situation. And we don't like for people, regardless of who they are, where they come from, to be abused in any way. And as Mr. Ryan said... Um, you know, here's a man who has pulled himself up out of the garrison. He could be doing all sorts of other things that would be putting himself, his country of Jamaica, and even the Cayman Islands in a negative light. And he has worked really hard to try to give himself a professional trade to support himself and to support his family. It's people like this that we have to applaud who, against all odds, are still doing the right thing. You know, we see every day we talk about people who are, you know, given a um, silver spoon in their mouth. They have supportive family. They come from good families and whatever. And they're still out there doing the most wrong and hurting people. Um, when you come from a disadvantaged situation and you still try to do the right thing, you're standing yeah. up for it's unfortunate. Um, you, know, you know, when they do this, it bring, it pushes me back because I've done it, you know, so far. My father, I and I was just 12 years old, and I took it from there and reached here. And, and, and you're bringing a war to me, as if mm -hmm. you don't, you're just bringing a war to me. Mm -hmm. So you lost your father at the age of 12. My father got murdered at the age of 12. Wow. Nobody was responsible for it. I pushed and go to school, go to school all the way in Trinidad, and then, like, you. Come on, man. Yeah. This well. is this is not this is not what the art of the heart electrical installation is about. It's about grooming and teaching. Mm -hmm. If anyone in that jurisdiction do something wrong, the electrical board of examiner responsibility is to show the person the right way, mm -hmm. not to beat them down. 
Mm-hmm. Very sad. Well, um, uh, Ryan, we really hope that um, people hear your um, your thoughts and, and your prayers. And please, most importantly, for help this morning and that we can um, get you some much needed help and get this situation resolved. And please continue on, on a positive path. It's, it's very important that you do not allow people um, to deter you for whatever, whatever their agenda is or whatever their reasons are. You just have to stay focused and, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get it worked out. We'll get it resolved one way or the other. Um, and you have to maintain your faith that that will happen. Thanks. Thanks. Right. Thanks for everyone. Thanks to the public and those that reach out. Yes. Yeah. Very, very sad. Unbelievable situation. Um, very, very sad. All right, Mr. Ryan. Um, again, Thank you for coming in the program. I know you've been messaging me for a little bit. And of course, my apologies sometimes just so busy, um, you know, but I'm glad that we were finally able to arrange uh, your show appearance and to at least, at least let the people know what's going on. And I think that something will now come of this. Um, so do keep us updated. I'm going to send out a couple emails today, including to the minister to see uh, if he's aware of this situation and um, if there's anything he can do, even if it's just asking the correct parties to step forward. Okay, thanks, Miss I'm going back okay. to work. All right, my dear. Uh, folks, yes, you guys know how we um, really roll already in this program. We do not accept uh, people taking advantage of people in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, nobody's above the law. You've got to treat people in life with a certain degree of just... Um, Human decency, that's that's all it is. And there should be a process and the process shouldn't be full of any nepotism or prejudices or whatever. And it seems like this process is somehow broken and it's really not working in the way that it should be. So we're gonna ask some questions. We're gonna agitate for some change and uh, see what's going on. You know, we have a wide audience of individuals that we reach. So I don't know who these people are. I don't know who Mr. Carlos Powell is or anybody else, but we're going to now reach out to them and say, hey, what's the deal here? Um, on the face of it, with all the paperwork that Mr. Ryan has um, provided, it seems like something really stinks to the, the high heavens around here. Mm-hmm, not right. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, stay tuned for your news uh, briefs here with Kevin Watler bringing you news and weather this morning. We'll be back tomorrow for our Friday edition of the Koha Truth, so make sure that you um, tune in and don't miss a beat. Hello, I'm Kevin Watler, and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. 36-year-old Mikhail Brandon Leslie was sentenced to 16 years in prison for possession of an unlicensed firearm after he was found guilty in the February 21, 2020 shootout at Globe Bar off Shedden Road. Attempts at mitigating the lengthy sentence by claiming he was firing in self-defense were unsuccessful. Leslie, also known as Brandon Leslie Ebanks, was initially charged with attempted murder as he tried to flee the jurisdiction and return to Florida. He was apprehended at the airport and subsequently charged with the shooting. 
In a landmark case that saw two government agencies disputing power and roles, Justice Alistair Walters ruled in favor of the National Conservation Council. Justice Walters said the Central Planning Authority acted unlawfully when it approved an application to rebuild a cabana and seawall at Boggy Sand Road in West Bay. The 51-page decision confirms the National Conservation Council has the authority to direct any entity of the government, including ministries, departments, portfolios, statutory authorities, and etc. Premier and Minister for Sustainability, Climate Resiliency, the Honorable Wayne Panton, said the Grand Court's decision clarifies the importance role the National Conservation Council plays in safeguarding protected areas and species in the Cayman Islands. All restrictions for people traveling to and within the Cayman Islands have been removed. However, travelers who want to go elsewhere need to make sure they meet the requirements of the destination they are traveling to. Minister of Health and Wellness, the Honorable Sabrina Turner, was on the cold hard truth with Sandy Hill on Wednesday and shared this tip. The COVID uh, travel regulation and control and management of COVID have all now been uh, pretty much, well, have, have been repealed, and uh, which means that unvaccinated visitors uh, can come to our islands mm-hmm. and also there's no longer a need to have a t- travel declaration to enter the Cayman Islands. Mm-hmm. What needs to be taken away from this, though, is that the Cayman Islands as a jurisdiction is leading this charge in allowing unvaccinated uh, um, non-Caymanian nationals to visit our shores. But it's not the same when you're leaving the Cayman Islands and going to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So people need to do their due diligence because right now the U.S. states only American can come back or persons holding an exempt letter from not being vaccinated can enter. So in this whole COVID sphere of things, we, the Cayman Islands, is leading the charge now in removing the vaccination requirement ahead of the U.S. So that's a Mm. huge takeaway for us. Meanwhile, public health has announced that isolation requirements for unvaccinated individuals have been reduced for COVID-19 positive persons and their contacts. Vaccinated and unvaccinated COVID-19 positive persons will isolate for six days and leave isolation on day seven as long as they have no symptoms. Vaccinated and unvaccinated contacts Persons who are primary contacts of COVID-19 positive persons must conduct daily lateral flow testing for six days, but may continue usual activities. It's important to note that the day of your original positive lateral flow test is considered day zero. Those who test positive for COVID-19 by lateral flow test must still report their positive test and complete a free public health confirmation PCR test at an HSA testing clinic. Cayman Airways Board Chairman Jude Scott resigned Monday night amid concerns that the board's strategic action items are not being prioritized by the Ministry of Tourism and Transport. According to a press release, the Honorable Kenneth Bryan has accepted Mr. Scott's resignation and a new chairperson will be appointed next week. Until the appointment, Dr. John Paul Clark, the deputy chair, will serve as acting chairman of the board until the new appointment has been confirmed. Sources have shared that Scott provided a detailed resignation letter to the ministry laying out his concerns about the direction the airline is headed and the lack of action from the Ministry of Tourism and Transport. In other Cayman Airways related news, the decision was made to recently promote Kel Thompson to captain this month, even though he will retire in six months. Mandatory retirement for Cayman Airways pilots is 65 years old. Younger pilots within the airline who also have more seniority are upset and feel cheated. 
One stated if they are not going to promote on the basis of fairness, then they will continue to lose good Caymanian pilots. Thompson was a captain previously but left the organization for a number of years before returning in 2016 as a first officer. Thompson started with the airline in 1978 and served as managing director for several years in the early 1990s. Police continue to look for Luisto Eusebio Hernandez in relation to firearm offenses. He is considered armed and dangerous and should not be approached. If seen, call 911 immediately. The search is still on for two missing men. 53-year-old Noel Paul Manning has been missing since June 24th and 26-year-old Adrian Williamson has been missing since July 6th. Now you are asked to contact your nearest police station if you see them. Police are asking for help to locate missing 14-year-old Brianna Ebanks. She was reported missing on Friday and has not returned home since. The teenager was last seen at a business on Eastern Avenue on Friday morning but did not attend an appointment later that day. She has since been in contact with family members but still has not been located by the police. Anyone with information on her whereabouts is encouraged to call the West Bay Police Station at 949-3999. Anonymous tips can be provided directly to the RCIPS via their confidential tip line at 949-7777 or via their website. More information on each of these stories can be found at caymanmallroad.com. Now for a storm-ready Cayman update brought to you by Home Gas. Shower and thunderstorm activity remains disorganized. Associated with a tropical wave located a few hundred miles east-southeast of the Windward Islands, now environmental conditions could become more conducive for slow development of the system in the next several days after it crosses the Windward Islands and moves across the eastern and central Caribbean Sea late this week into early next week. Now please monitor this system and ensure you are ready should it develop and impact the Cayman Islands. Remember, we are approaching that time of year when the tropics usually become a lot more active. Storm Ready Cayman updates are made possible thanks to home gas. Now for your CMR weather update, it's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise at 6.08, scattered thunderstorms are expected. The temperature rises to the high 80s, but it will feel much hotter than that. When the high temperature is at 88 degrees Fahrenheit and the relative humidity is at 73% like the forecast calls for, the temperature will feel around 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Winds east-southeast at 10 to 15 miles per hour, then the sun sets at 646. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the low 80s. Looking forward, keep an umbrella or raincoat with you, but overall, summer weather conditions are expected. Remember, it's summertime, so those hot days, warm nights, and scattered showers are very typical for this time of year. CMR weather updates are brought to you by WG Charters. They offer private boat trips for a great price and we encourage you to support them. Now for some regional and international news. Two-thirds of Europe is under some sort of drought warning in what is likely the worst such event in 500 years. The latest report from the Global Drought Observatory says 47% of the continent is in warning conditions, meaning soil has dried up. Another 17% is on alert, meaning vegetation shows sign of stress. Now the report warns that the dry spell will hit crop yields, spark wildfires, and may last several months more in some of Europe's southern regions. Compared with the average of the previous five years, EU forecasts for harvest are down 16% for grain, 15% for soybeans, and 12% for sunflowers. A 36-year-old Italian man has been diagnosed with COVID-19 
monkeypox and HIV following a recent trip to Spain. The Independent reported earlier on Wednesday that scientists confirmed this is the first known case of a person testing positive for all three at the same time. The patient developed a series of symptoms including fatigue, fever, and a sore throat nine days after returning from a trip to Spain where he engaged in unprotected sex. Jamaica's Minister of Education says 167 teachers have migrated, resigning from their employment in the local school system in the last two months. The Jamaica Teachers Association warned the country to brace itself for a teacher exodus this year, citing over 400 teachers have already departed the island for job opportunities in the United States. The Education Minister said while the numbers are concerning, the problem is under control, noting that the ministry has put in place many strategies to alleviate the efforts of the mass migration. The Education Ministry also said that 964 newly graduated specialist teachers are now eligible for work in the national school system. Apple customers could soon get a look at the next generation of iPhones. Apple sent out press invites on Wednesday for an event on September 7th where the company is widely expected to unveil the new iPhone 14 lineup. The event is set to be broadcast on Apple's website from Apple Park, the company's headquarters in California. In recent years, Apple has done most of its events virtually because of the COVID-19 pandemic. That's it for now on The Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless.